You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the ESO Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy everyone and welcome to the seventh episode of the ESO Dragon Con 2016 Con Report. That means, it's the seventh episode, that means there's just over one month Mm. until Dragon Con. Mm. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew, starting, of course, with director Mike Faber. Wait a minute. This calendar can't be right. A little over a month? No, no, no. over no. a month, my friend. No, no, no. We just started with this podcast a couple weeks ago. What? No. <laughs> it, it flies by, doesn't it? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> it just feels like it was January yesterday, and then I walked out and I started melting. <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to be doing these episodes to help us prepare ourselves. But I guess it's not working. Oh, pfft, silly boy. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> we also are very pleased to have Darren Noel joining us again. Hi, everybody. What's up? Now, I got to ask you, have you already started concocting the pie? No, no. Because I, I did see some people online that were already starting that process. Uh, there are, and they are hardcore, and they have places <laughs> to put pie. And I have no places to put pie. So there so, is a is, is there there's a quick a, there's a quick pie version that I gotcha. use. I gotcha. There, I I take shortcuts. I'm not proud. <laughs> I, I will I will take a shortcut to get to the pie. It's not a problem. I I was not aware that there was some sort of you know there fermentation process. Yeah, there are different ways of doing it. I think some people are making their um, homemade grain alcohol themselves. I don't do that. I go to the store and buy grain alcohol because I, I have things to do. So. Awesome. Sampling it last year, I can I can attest that there's nothing wrong with your pie. So. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate a man who compliments me on my pie. Absolutely. Absolutely. I still get headaches when every time I <laughs> you know, we don't remember much after it. But. You got hung over from that? Really? Lightweights. Wow. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Mary Lou, who is also here with us? Hey guys, what's up? Howdy, howdy. How goes the uh, costuming? Uh, to be 100% honest with you, I have done nothing, and we're quickly <laughs> approaching uh, expedited shipping time, so it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. <laughs> our, our, Amazon this, Prime. Our, Amazon Prime. Are there... Are, are, <laughs> I have to get more than are, one costume of only what I can get on Amazon Prime. Are, are we at the point where we're like you know pulling out, or are we are <laughs> still on schedule? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh lordy, no! We're, we've never we've never been on schedule. What is the schedule of you? Theoretically, there was a schedule at one point, but uh, you know what? Whatever happens, happens. That's just just going to be. I know I'm going to have a good time no matter what. So it's all Absolutely. good. Absolutely. And as you just heard, we always, it's nice to have Tacoma Sanchez return to the station. Hey, hey. How's, how's your costuming going? 
I am sad I've seen to pictures, say, so I know you're working on... Uh, I am I am working on things. Things yes. are, are definitely bubbling. Uh, I, I was not able to master airbrushing in time. Um, that'll be next year. <laughs> <laughs> so the blue, the blue paint that everybody has seen is actually Krylo, uh, Krylin theatrical colored hairspray that you use for like Halloween. Um, it's alcohol-based. You use a primer, and it, if you really want to be fancy, you can put a sealant over it, but it does not budge. I use it for my Silent Hill body makeup as well, and it's portable and doesn't require an air compressor or anything, so then you can just go back in and do highlights and lowlights, and you're good. Um, but yeah, so I've got that, and I've got my skull belt, and uh, I've got to order some shoes, and I reluctantly commissioned my dress to be made because I just did not have time to and I was starting to get panic attacks about making my pattern pieces because um, it's material I haven't worked with before so I uh, I bit the bone on that one and decided to uh, commission that Is it you know, uh, is it a challenge to find people at this stage that will, that will make stuff? Not uh. if you know the people I do <laughs> If you don't know them, it's not a challenge. It's impossible. Because <laughs> I would imagine a lot of people are, you know, making them for themselves. Yes. Well, and the good news is, is that my, I, I wouldn't have asked if it was something super complicated. This particular dress isn't complicated. It's just more things that I can handle right now. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, How is Darren's coming? But we've had all year. <laughs> Don't talk about that. <laughs> how how is mine coming? Yeah. <laughs> Next topic, please. <laughs> okay. Now, now, Mike, I know it's been a while since you've done any sort of costuming at Dragon Con. Do you have any plans to do any this year? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be going as a successful podcaster. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, that will be a dream, a successful podcast. Exactly. So, um, what, what about does look like? <laughs> uh, no idea. <laughs> like the dude from Big Lebowski. I have oh, no idea what one of those. That's are. not far of a stretch this year. So. I think some of them are on TV. Um, <laughs> that's how you could tell. After talk shows, after uh, <laughs> after more podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> but what about what about William? Because he wowed everybody last year. Um. With, it all depends because he is. How much is he going to sweat? Exactly. He <laughs> he's actually looking at modifying his oogie boogie costume a little bit. <laughs> Can you put an air conditioner in there? <laughs> he already asked for a cool suit, so there you go. Add a boy. So, but yeah, you know, I think he lost ten pounds last year at yeah. the con, and that's just from the sweat. That and and that costume was not fun to be around after a while. <laughs> Oh, think about it. 15 year old boy. Yeah. I got a little choky up in my throat there. (laughs) No. So he's actually, we had talked about um, doing some kind of like glow paint to it. So in darker situations, it'll his costume will turn green like Oogie Boogies did. Mm. So like the day glow thing. But so we've talked about doing that and he's got some other ideas going. And so, and he might be debuting a new costume, but he's kind of keep trying to keep it under wraps right now. Sure, sure. sure. Oh, so that's a mummy. Uh, exactly. How much toilet paper do we have to wrap around him? You know? <laughs> Go to Sam's, quick. <laughs> exactly. Ba-dum. Well, in addition to the banter of uh, this crew, uh, we also are going to feature segments <laughs> with 
Michelle Biddick Simmons and Eternal Zan, uh, who's going to spotlight another hotel for us. Um, and we are going to talk to the track directors of the new military sci-fi media track that is uh jamie and james and uh they're doing a lot of good stuff and they're they've got an interesting challenge this year because they're sort of changing rebranding their track it was the uh, uh the stargate uh track the multiverse track now it's now devoted to military sci-fi media shows so um so there's a little bit of challenge in there so we're going to talk to them about that it's going to be pretty cool um, this Earth Station One special report is sponsored by the ESO Amazon eStore, where you can find all sorts of cool, geeky merchandise. If you're ordering Including some stuff st- for your costumes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> if you're ordering some stuff from your costumes, please help out ESO by going through our link. It doesn't cost you any more, and it helps us out a lot. And every time you, if you bookmark it, every time you go to that bookmark, we still get the credit for it. So, you know, please check it out. Absolutely. If you would like to leave feedback or comment on the show, please call our ESO feedback line at 404-963-9057. And uh, feel free to email us also at esopodcast.com. I'm sorry, esopodcast at gmail.com. And on that note, I do want to say that next month uh, we're going to do a uh, episode where we're all going to talk about uh, the things that we're looking forward to uh, this year at uh, Dragon Con. So we want to hear from you guys. So we want you, we're encouraging you to send in audio clips so we can play them. We uh, encourage you to call our our feedback line. Again, that's 404-963-9057. And we've also put a, a special link on the ESO website. So you can just click and leave a message there and we will play all those uh, for everybody next month. So please, uh, if you have any questions about that, contact us, but we want to hear from as many people as possible. So Exactly. All- Go to the right side of the uh, website and there's a link that says the DragonCon report. You can click right there. And that's uh, for no matter if you're attending or volunteering or you're a track director, you're, you know, whatever your participation is and you're excited about something, you want to promote something about the show, uh, you're, well, we want to hear from you guys. So uh, please reach out to us and we'll play that all, all 70,000 people that are going to be there. We're going to have messages from them prior to the con. It's going to be awesome. Oh, my Points. God. <laughs> Points for creativity. <laughs> yeah, creativity in 90 seconds or less. Do it. Challenge accepted. (laughs) All right. Now we're going to get started with some news and notes going into uh, this year. Um, Important dates. Um, August 12th, the media access applications close. So if you are interested in reporting uh, on DragonCon, you have till August 12th to get in your uh, application. And then August 19th is the final day of $130 advance membership rate. So um, if you want to save just a little bit, because they're going to be uh, 150 after that, and I think that's what they are at the door uh, as well. So um, if you want to save a little bit of bucks now so that you can get some bucket of rum later, um, you want to make that, uh, that purchase. Uh, also, the DragonCon store online now has uh, Saturday and Sunday only memberships available. So you can find out how much those cost and you can secure that. Now, um, they've never sold out. They've never, they've always had, uh, passes available, but you never know. You never want to take that chance because, uh, DragonCon grows every year. And especially on Saturday, uh, with the day of the parade, with everybody down there, it gets kind of crazy. If everybody decided to go in, 
uh, I think they'd have to they have to shut down uh, the, the the ticket sales. So um, we encourage everybody to get their memberships early. So um, and uh, speaking of that, there is an opportunity to get some free passes. Uh, the Atlanta Comic Convention here, right here, that happens uh, on August fourteenth. Uh, they are going to have a raffle for two free VIP passes to Dragon Con. Uh, so you can go to atlantacomicconvention.com and you can fill out a form, print it, and then bring it with you onto the day of the show. You have to attend the show on August 14th in order to uh, to get these passes. But uh, they do have two uh, VIP passes to DragonCon uh, that they are raffling off. So um, you can find out more information just by going to atlantacomicconvention.com. So that's I've never actually heard of any other place doing that before. So that's kind of interesting and cool that they're doing that. Uh, other dates, uh, it is the, um, it is past the date that you can nominate a person or a work of art for the, uh, Dragon Con or Dragon Awards, but you can still sign up to vote. The registration to vote on the awards is August 26th. So, uh, but they do encourage everybody to sign up early. We're going to have a link. Uh, it's pretty easy, application.dragoncon.org, but we're going to have a link on our show notes as well. So if you want to vote, on the Dragon Awards, uh, the uh, categories and the nominees should be available within a couple weeks. So, um, and I believe you can only vote once, uh, but I'm not sure exactly all the rules yet. But um, they're on the the website as far as uh, as how the registration process is. They just need uh, first last name, email, and that kind of thing, and they have a, a code as well. So I think they're trying to keep it as as secure and as legitimate as they can. So uh be interesting. This is the first year for this. So hopefully there's not too many big bumps. Um, and then uh, I think the other thing that uh, DragonCon wanted to make people aware of this year um, lately is parking. They get a lot of questions about parking in downtown. Um, and DragonCon itself does recommend folks use ParkingPanda.com. Uh, it is a um, – it's sort of like a – I don't know. Have anybody? Have you anybody? Is that a magical panda that comes out and values your car? <laughs> that would be awesome. The For logo forty dollars. <laughs> the logo is an interesting like crossbreed of a panda and a Volkswagen. So uh, that looks kind of strange. But they do have package plans available right now. I'm on the site right now, and starting at five dollars a day. Wow! Really. So, um, and, uh, we all know that parking there can be a pain. Now, I don't know how close that is to the hotels. Oh, what do you $5 mean? $5 a day <laughs> might be like factor. four miles away. Mike, so. I think the new, uh, I think it's by the new, uh, Brave Stadium out in Cobb County. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. So, um, but check out, uh, they do have, uh, they show you where the parking places are and, um, it, it includes overnight parking as well. So you can check that out again. That's parkingpanda.com. We're going to have a link to that on our show notes as well. And, uh, I think that's it for the main news. Um, those are, uh, all the things that I saw on the website as well as, uh, saw in the press releases. So, um, I definitely encourage people to look that up and, and keep going to the website, especially the Facebook page, to find out more information. Uh, they're, they're almost on a daily basis now. They're posting something that's either changed or uh, some event that's coming up. So including guest announcements. So um, Mike and Mary, take that away. Awesome. Of course, as always, we're going to be starting up and we'll let Mary go first. 
All right, here we go. Uh, Rob Fitz is a professional makeup artist and film director with 20 years experience. He most recently worked on films like The Equalizer, Ted 2, and Upcoming Central Intelligence, just to name a few. He also recently won several awards for his feature film, Blessed and God of Vampires. Rogue is the lead singer, songwriter, frontman, and founder of the band The Crux Shadows. Carrie Means has been the voice of Frylock on the Adult Swim TV show Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Hal Lublin is one of the creators of We Got This Mark and Ha on the Maximum Fun Network. Hal Lublin is an accomplished actor and improviser, best known as Steve Kartsberg on Welcome to Night Vale. Lublin also played Wide Whale on Magpool on The Venture Brothers. Uh, George Lowe, Cartoon Network's wildly popular Adult Swim block, was built on the cult hit Space Ghost Coast to Coast, which ran for a decade, with legions of fans responsible for its success. George Lowe is the ad-libbing madman behind Space Ghost. Mike Grell is a storyteller. Since his comic debut, he has brought his own creations and their worlds to life with a cinematic style of visual storytelling. Some of his more favorite works include Green Lantern, Green Arrow, and The Warlord for DC Comics, as well as Star Slayer, John Sable, Shaman's Tears, Bar Sinister, and Maggie the Cat. Star Slayer, that's what I was trying to think of. Okay, thank you, Mike. Coming back from <laughs> something we talked about an hour and a half before we recorded. Hey! <laughs> Gigi Edgley is an internationally renowned actress and absolute fan favorite. Some of her endless credits include Farsky, Star Trek Continues, Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge, Quantum Apocalypse, and Judgment Day. She is also a a director, writer, comic book creator, recording artist, and an absolute sensational starlet. Cecil Ball. (laughs) I'm sorry. Sensational star. An absolute sensational star. That's PR, darling. PR. Which she absolutely is. Look it up in the book, darling. I love her. Cecil Baldwin is the voice of Cecil Gershwin Palmer, the narrator of Welcome to Night Vale. Baldwin is a stage actor, former performer, and director who has narrated the audiobook of The Fall of the Hotel Dumont, voiced Ted Strange on Gravity Falls, and more. Robert Alsop has worked in film, theater, and television as a specialist costumier for the last 30 years. He is known for his work on the Ridley Scott movies, including The Martian. He is also... Excuse me, he also created the principal costumes for Dread 3D and has worked on many classic and recent episodes of Doctor Who. Awesome. Yeah. Riddle, Riddle is an internationally recognized cosplayer, specialty costumer for film, and the creator of Cosplay for a Cause. And Woman does live looping electric cello and vocals, steampunk classical, and doom pop. The Cog is Dead is a time-traveling steampunk trio whose music is fun, eclectic, and widely praised by fans and steampunks around the world. Exciting music, variety, energetic theatrical stage presence, and hilarious video clips make The Cog is Dead show a wonderful live theatrical experience for all who attend. Paul and Storm have been writing and performing funny songs together for a long, long time, starting with their stint together in an acapella band called Da Vinci's Notebook. Their music has appeared on pretty much every type of media that exists. And they're hilarious, by the way. They are. I've seen them a couple (laughs) times, and they're a lot of fun. 
Eve Miles appeared in Doctor Who, led to her winning the lead role in the science fiction drama spinoff series Torchwood, in which she portrayed the character Gwen Cooper. Also had roles on television credits include the miniseries Little Dorrit, the premiere episode of the fantasy drama Merlin, and the drama series Frankie. Jason Marsden. You've seen him on shows and films such as Boy Meets World, Step by Step, White Squall, and Mr. Saturday Night. You've not only heard him in a goofy movie, Hocus Pocus, and Spirited Away, but Marsden's career spans 25 years of performing in film, television, video games, apps, and much more. Here Comes the Mummies is more undead than Dick Clark and cursed with the funk of 5,000 years. And I think it's I, one of Mike Gordon's favorites. I love them. I definitely will be there this year for that. Uh, they they rocked it last year. Doc Hammer writes, voices, and does other things for the Venture Brothers, a show you can watch on cable TV. Okay, boys and girls. Um, Mike Gordon, you have to stay away from this one. Elijah Dishku is returning to Dragon Con. She's an American actress known for her television roles, including recurring appearances as Faith on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its spin-off series of Angel. She starred in two Fox series, True Calling and Dollhouse, and has voiced Holly McCure in Torchwood Web of Lies. Jonathan Colton is an American singer-songwriter known for his songs about geek culture and his use of the internet to draw fans. His most popular songs are Re Your Brains and Still Alive. Yep. Gil Gerard is coming back to Dragon Con. He's best known for his sci-fi audience as Captain William Buck Rogers in the sci-fi TV series Buck Rogers in the 25th Century. His other roles include several movies and TV series appearances. The Positronic Cats are a progressive folk duo from south-central Pennsylvania. Simple chord progressions paired with powerful vocals and intricate mandolin phrasings are the foundation for songs about love, revenge, and the future. The Palmetto Knights is a historical steel combat team that brings all their sword clashing and live fighting to center stage. These European weapons and armor experts will expand your mind with a wide array of panels and then blow your mind with the intense combat tournaments. I, Scintilla, never disappoints. The Chicago Quintet comes armed with heavy rhythms and guitars that somehow gain intensity with each passing year. Combined with Brittany Bindrum's powerful vocals and melodies, their metal-infused electronica live shows have dazzled DragonCon audiences repeatedly since 2010. Hot Breakfast is an acoustic dork rock power duo that blends comedy and rock into one funny dorky package featuring passionate and funny originals, offbeat covers, and over-the-top theatrical. Think Tenacious D meets the Dead Milkman. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that just blew my mind right there. (laughs) Summer Glau is an American actress and dancer known for playing River Tam in the science fiction series Firefly and follow-up movie Serenity, and for playing Cameron in the, series, in the TV series Terminator, the Sarah, Chron- Sarah Connor Chronicles. Geekpella is Orlando's only geeky acapella group. In 2015, they released Legends of the Hidden Demo, performed at a convention throughout Florida and made their Dragon Con debut. Do you like Star Wars, Harry Potter, anime, and enjoy nerd culture? Why are you going to Dragon Con? If not, you'll find all this and more in their repertoire. 
DC Douglas is an actor and voiceover talent best known as the voice of Albert Wesker in the Resident Evil franchise, Legion in Mass Effect 2 and 3, Chase in Transformers Rescue Bots, as well as countless film and TV shows, most recently Sharknado 2. Jillian Anderson is an American actress. After beginning her career in theater, Anderson achieved international recognition for her role as special agent Dana Scully in the American TV series The X-Files. <laughs> the one so, costume that's ready. Exactly. Yeah, it is. That's not much of a stretch for Mary there. Arthur Adams is an award-winning artist who became an immediate fan favorite as the penciler on the critically acclaimed 1985 Longshot miniseries. Peter Williams is a Jamaican-born actor currently residing in Canada. The majority of his work has been in television, including his role as the primary villain Apophius in the first four seasons of Stargate SG-1, plus various appearances thereafter. James Urbaniak provides the voice for Dr. Thaddeus Venture on the Venture Brothers, as well as the Doctor's brother, Jonas Venture Jr., and the supervillain, Phantom Limb. Misty Turlock is best known as Juliet Stevenson slash Eve, one of the serious regulars on NBC series Grimm, but she has also appeared on the television shows House, Cold Case, The West Wing, Moonlight, and Outlaw, and many, many more. The talented and fan-friendly Jacqueline Samuda is well-known for her role as Nearty in Stargate SG-1, among her many other voice and screen roles. Reggie Lee stars as Sergeant Wu on NBC's hit sci-fi police drama Grimm. Prior to Grimm, he was best known for his role as Secret Service agent Bill Kim on the popular Fox show Prison Break. Woo! <laughs> Brian Henson is the chairman of the Jim Henson Company and an award-winning director, producer, and writer for film and television. He is also a technological innovator and skilled puppeteer. Larry Hamm is a comic book writer, artist, and actor, and musician who has worked on the field of entertainment and publishing since the 1960s. He is known to America comic book readers as a writer and editor for Marvel Comics, where he wrote the licensed comic book series G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero. David Gentoli is an American actor. He's best known for the lead role of Detective Nick Bern Burkhart in the NBC supernatural drama Grimm. Fawn Davis appears on BattleBots, Cake Masters, and Superfan Builds as a celebrity artist. In his two decades career, Fawn has worked on over 30 feature films, including The Nightmare Before Christmas and the Star Wars series. Amanda Connor is an American comic book artist and commercial art illustrator. She began her career in the late 1980s for Archie Comics and Marvel Comics before moving on to contribute work for Claypool Comics Soul Searchers and Company and Harris Comics Vampirella in the 1990s. Amanda's current work can be seen in Harley Quinn and Starfire Monthly for DC Comics. Sue Ann Braun has many roles and talents, but she's known for her spicy and alluring portrayal of Hathor in Stargate SG-1. Man, we got all the gold this year. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're concentrating on the bad guys in Stargate this year. I'm down with it. That's cool. Mike Barron has written numerous mainstream comics, including Marvel's The Punisher and DC's The Flash. He is also the co-creator of Badger, Freud, Spike, and a number of other renowned titles. 
DJ Spider is a nerdy, geeky DJ with fingers in the 80s and 90s, dance, ebb, goth, industrial, synth pop, and much, much more. Yay! I'm glad oh, yeah, she's coming. I'm completely <laughs> stoked. Completely stoked. You, you, yeah, sounded like it. <laughs> Emerald Rose has traveled the U.S. and Ireland and are equally at home in science fiction conventions or celebrity-studded parties in Hollywood. In February 2013, Emerald Rose returned to Hollywood for their third appearance with the cast and crew of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies. Brian from Draco and the Malfoys sings songs from Harry Potter from Draco Malfoy's perspective. Wasted Wine's latest album, Wasted Wine vs. the Hypnosis Center, was featured on NPR, Pop Matters, and other media outlets that weren't afraid of the eclectic release. Their sound has been likened to a Russian circus taking place in a seedy cowboy bar, and that about sums it up. James Leary's television credits included a two-year stint as Clem, the loose-skinned demon on the critically acclaimed Buffy the Vampire Slayer starring Sarah Michelle Gellar. He was adorable. Clem! Clem! (laughs) James turned the original five-line part at the beginning of season six into a regular recurring role and was soon a fan favorite. Aurelio Voltaire is a multi- is a media personality and respected authority on all things gothic, horror, sci-fi, steampunk, and involving geek culture. <laughs> <laughs> Can you be gothic and steampunk at the same time? I don't know. Voltaire's going to try it. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. Go, move on, nothing to see here. Okay. He's often referred to as a modern-day Renaissance man, having achieved success in the fields of animation, music, comics, books, and toys. Cross swords, broadswords, rapiers, and even Belfats clash in this dazzling display of Hollywood-style combat. Harsh and Shakur reveal secrets and demonstrates many behind-the-scenes moves that make up your favorite movie, TV, and theater sword fight stunts. Aaron Sagers is the TV personality and professional nerd who's hosted for the Travel Channel, Sci-Fi, HBO, Universal Home Entertainment, and for the biggest names at fan conventions, including Stan Lee, David Tennant, Chris Hemsworth, and more. He serves as editor-at-large for NBC Universal's Blaster.com. Rose McIver can currently be seen playing the lead character of Liv Moore on CW's iZombie. She also recently played Tinkerbell in ABC's Once Upon a Time. She is a great kid. Yep. Mikey Mason, radio-ready rock music for geeks from the mind uh, behind She Don't Like Firefly and Best Game Ever. (laughs) He's pretty cool. His stuff's pretty neat. Yeah, I've heard his stuff. I heard She Don't Like Firefly. I got to see him live a couple years ago. He did a really good job. It was a good show. Mm Mm-hmm. David Anders is an American television and stage actor. He's best known for his role as Julian Sark on Alias and as Adam... Monroe on Heroes. Anders can be currently seen on iZombie. That's the list right now, but they did announce earlier today that um, Arthur Darvel is coming to Dragon Con. Yeah, there's actually um, there's another iZombie cast member. Ali uh, Michaela is going to be there as well. Um, and she's done other parts and in, in other stuff. And today... You're right. They did announce uh, Arthur Darville's going to be there, as well as two other uh, folks from Legends of Tomorrow. Um, Falk Henshaw, who plays uh, Hawkman, as well as Casper Crump, who plays Vandal Savage. Mm. Uh, nice. so, awesome. 
So they will both be in attendance. And there is a uh, um, some there is a um, uh, someone who had to cancel. Uh, Billy Piper has had to cancel her uh, uh, scheduled appearance due to uh, um, I don't know. It doesn't say. Happy dance. Uh-huh. Happy dance. <laughs> I'm so heartbroken. Oh, oh, oh. Stop. I like her. I would have loved to have seen her in person. Yeah, uh, and you know, for whatever so you feel about Rose, I mean, she more than makes up for it on Penny Dreadful. So. No, exactly, and she's a great actress because the other things you've seen her in, she's great. Absolutely, absolutely. and I'm not saying that tongue in cheek at all. Thanks, Mike and Mary. And speaking of guests and celebrities, uh, the main topic for us this month is uh, inspired by an article that I saw online, and it was it made it the rounds. So maybe you guys have seen it as well. Um, Celebrity is not consent when fandom crosses the line. Uh, we've heard of incidents happening in person um, with, uh, in particular, I think it was Norman Reedus that got bit uh, at a convention um, and uh, during a photo op, as well as um, I think some, uh, something has recently happened to John Barrowman where he was threatened so that he had to kind of dial back his uh, – uh, photo op appearances as well and taking photos with fans. Um, and uh, we've seen it happen online, of course, uh, most recently with Leslie Jones from uh, the Ghostbusters movie where she had to quit Twitter uh, because of uh, people who were obnoxious. And uh, I don't know. I, I, don't, I can't think of any major incident where it's happened at Dragon Con yet. But maybe, I don't know, have you guys ever heard or seen anything at uh, Dragon Con that was kind of uh, over the line? I've had seen celebrities rushed and stuff by people and securities had to hold the people back at Dragon Con. But, you know, I haven't seen anyone, you know, attacked or anything like that, any celebrities or anyone, you know, yelled at or anything like that verbally even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It it's so um, you know I'm so not you know not that I want it to happen but it seems like especially with DragonCon where it's a it's not on a convention uh, floor it's not uh, it's sort of like all these hotels and you see a lot of celebrities participating in the uh, after hours uh, events as well that it it would seem kind of uh, it's strange to see like that 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 doesn't happen more often. I mean, I definitely understand uh, all too well. Uh, people get excited by seeing, you know, their favorite stars or actors or writers, et cetera, uh, in person. But um, is this uh, – with, with, um, if you guys have read the article or not, is this something that is a concern or is it just sort of like an isolated incidents that they're making a big deal about? Well, no, it's definitely a concern. I mean, and I've – I'm of the school of if I meet somebody that I idolize, I have tendency to clam up. I'm I'm very believe it or not, I'm very shy, and um, I do actually. <gasps> have, I know, right? That is the most shocking <laughs> thing that anybody's ever said on this show. I am just floored. Considering what I do as hobbies, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You call that a hobby? Okay. <laughs> well, I don't get paid for it. Ah, there you go. Um, but no, uh. I I have tendency to clam up and um I, I get the the clammy hands and the sweaty palms and like my face is turning red just talking about this. <laughs> same girl, same. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
like I I asked uh, when I met um, when I met Christian I can't ever pronounce his last name last year the guy who played Hodar um, like I I clammed up I turned beet red he tried to have a conversation with me and I just couldn't I asked if I could shake his hand before I like scurried away and I was in full costume and usually when I'm in costume like I own everything but that was not the case in that situation but I understand how. Um, I'm not really sure how it can go the other way. Yeah. Uh, I can see how people can take things to the extreme. Uh, and that's not something that just extends to celebrity, but it is very much a celebrity problem. Um, we, we put them on TV and we put them on pedestals and we think of them less of people and more as objects. And that's a big problem. There's still a lot of disconnect. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just because we don't see it happening doesn't mean it's happening. Like, I mean, we talked about this with cosplay not mm-hmm. being consent. And I think it's just an issue of objectifying anyone that you don't know personally who you either find attractive or interesting or um, you feel drawn to in some way. And you kind of take away their personhood in your mind and then it's okay for you to do that kind of thing. And obviously it's not exactly the same problem, but I think the root of it is pretty similar. Um, uh, you feel uh, okay about doing that to someone that you don't know, you know, like that's, that's messed up. Well, I mean, and if you read the article that he sent out, I mean, there were some, there were some serious things that were there being intruded upon while you're on your honeymoon for one. And, you know, if you watch that video that's in the, that's in the article, he's, you can tell that he's flustered, but he's not rude. He knows how it's going to be perceived. So he's just trying to, to have him and his fiance have a moment for themselves. I mean, who wants to have people begging and pleading and fawning over you left and right and practically stalking you to take photos of you when you're trying to go out and get groceries or have an intimate moment. And then the uh, the one with Amy Schumer, that one was ridiculous. It says right here, it's only happened to, or it doesn't only happen to male celebrities either. Amy Schumer had taken had to take an Instagram a while ago after a fan came up to her and got in her face demanding a photo when she politely said no. He insisted and said, no, it's America. We paid for you. And that's the way a lot of people feel. Um, I would say there's a lot of crazy in America. I, there is. <laughs> um, I mean, I won't. I won't name candidates, but yeah. But well, uh, yeah. there's I, there, there's a certain line, and there's a certain exchange that happens with a the celebrity. They get famous. The fame is part and parcel of that, along with the money and the notoriety comes fans. And comes a certain amount of you lose your privacy. I mean, people say horrible things about some celebrities in oh, yeah. newspapers everywhere. And they typically don't fight it because it costs so much to fight it that it's not there's well, no and point. It's, it's not really worth it. But what we have to remember as fans is that these people are not they are not their characters. They are people. They are people. Thank you, Tacoma. I was just about not. to go there. I was literally just about to go. <laughs> These people are not the characters that they play on TV or in the They're movies. not the costumes they put on. I'm not the girl I am when I get on stage. I'm 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 me. I mean, and so is everybody else. But you know, I'm, this isn't just a, a sci-fi fantasy genre thing. Oh no. You, no. you hear about 
individual uh, actors playing roles that are you know the most hated villain on TV or whatever that happens to be at the moment, and they can't go out without having people boo with them and hiss at yeah. them. <laughs> it's like I mean, you know, that's a job. That's just a job, people. And having to be on all the time is exhausting. I mean, honestly, I think that's why you have such a high um, a high rate of celebrities who are into drugs and extreme lifestyles. It's not only they're surrounded by it, but it's the only way that they can turn off. Yeah, I believe it. No, that's a good way to put it because they need their outlets because they have so much pressure a lot of times on it or the people who are shaming people because the way mm-hmm. they look or things like that. Look at this kid. What's her name? Ariel Winter. And she's on Modern Family, I think, or something. And she gets body shamed because she is kind of zoftic, but she's a teen, you know, as a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's ridiculous, you know, what these people do. And, you know, they, they don't have a right to do that. Would you wow. want somebody to sit at your, you know, your desk and boo you because you didn't do a right keystroke or, you know, the clothes you have to wear at your work or well, something? And the people who are saying this are people who haven't had to experience it themselves, yet alone on a grand level. I mean, it's one thing, and I'm not... I'm not denoting that when people get picked on or when people get bullied is, you know, lesser or more than one instance or another. But for it to happen continuously and for you to still have to smile through it and be paraded around in public like a zoo animal, mm. it's kind of harsh. Well, that's, yeah, that's, and that's a that's lot of times thing, what like, it is. That's the, that's the thing. Like if I'm walking around or doing something or whatever and someone touches me, I mean, I can probably punch him in the face. But – they're, like if you're they a celebrity, they have to think about everything. They <laughs> yeah, do. you can't they're, they're, really every as much as you as much as you are. Does you know you have the right to do that? And you know. if they do react, then depending on how they react, they're branded as this horrible, rude, I hate my fans kind of person for whatever it is that may happen. Because the media gets a hold of it and they see one clip of it and they take things out of context and they just run with it. The media takes things out of context? What? <laughs> <laughs> that never happened. What is this you're talking about? I, all I would say about this is that no one owns anyone. We abolished slavery years ago. So that's a done deal. If you're – I don't care if it's a celebrity or a cosplayer or just anyone walking down the street. If you go up to someone and get in their face, that's a problem. And two, if you're demanding something of a person who's never even met you, that's a problem too. <laughs> that and- You need to have some respectful conversation hi, I enjoy you on that show. Are you busy right now? And if, if you're not, would you mind signing this or taking a photo with me? That's a lot better than I own you. What? Where, where did that come from? Let me rephrase something I said earlier about at Dragon Con, I haven't seen any real incidents. Sometimes when you're seeing at the table, you have the fans who just want to hog all the time of the celebrity. <laughs> That's true. And, you know, they think they're the only ones who can talk to the celebrity and try to, you know, other people are waiting in line to get the autograph, but this person wants to talk and tell them their whole stories or throw their ideas to this person or whatever. Pitch their new TV series. Exactly. And, you know, (laughs) would you look at my script? Please, please look at my script. Exactly. And that's why a lot of times at the cons, you see the celebrities have handlers Mm -hmm. to be able to help with that. Yeah. I, I do think, 
Although there is the element of crazy. I mean, because there's no other reason that anybody would bite another person like that. Um, so there is I mean, that crazy. But there's also, um, I, I think in a lot of cases, it's it's coming from a general level of excitement that people are not used to dealing with on a daily basis and they have correct. no idea how to control it. Um, well, I mean, like, and like when you see, are going and yeah. When you it's, see like the, the – and it happens still to this day at, at pop concerts too. But when you see all the footage of Elvis and the Beatles and, and women just losing their mind, right? And, and, and grabbing guys and grabbing the artist and, and ripping clothes and stuff like that. I mean you're like, how is that even possible? Um, but it, it – you know, so I think that is an element to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, mean, I, I also think in the article too, it was kind of interesting because there was a, a little bit of a flip there too, because somebody, uh, mentioned that they were in particular looking at some of the actions of, we'll say, uh, John Barrowman and thinking that that was uncomfortable as well because he was taking a lot of liberties, touching fans in ways that didn't seem appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I, I, now I have, have they watched this. Torchwood? Right. I, uh, I, I've <laughs> seen, uh, now I, I don't, I've never gotten the impression that John's done anything with anybody that wasn't welcome. Like, like the pictures that he takes with people, it seems like he, he, uh, goes out of his way to make sure that it's a pleasant experience and a picture, a photo to remember. Uh, as opposed to a lot of other celebrities that just basically sit there and they're miserable and they couldn't and care less. Shows. Yeah, right, absolutely. Shows. Yeah. And these people are paying a lot of money for that experience and for that photo. And um, and and yet, you know, I think John goes out of his way to make it make sure that it's a special experience that it's worth every penny. Um, uh, so I don't, you know, I, I can't. I was kind of surprised to see that as well, and I don't. I don't know of it happening with anybody else. I do appreciate, you know, when you go through the Walk of Fame and you see uh, some of the celebrities like, um, oh, man, I just dropped his name, too, and I, I, out of my head, uh, Eddie uh, from Warehouse 13. Um, he'll like, he'll, he'll, Eddie McClintock, he'll, he doesn't want to sit behind the table. He'll, he'll stand in front of it and greet all the guests uh, give them all a hug and and talk to them and you know um, make sure that it's a pleasant experience for everybody. Um, That's the way it was last year with Barry Bostwick when he was at Dragon Con. Wow! And, and it was, he was out there reading everyone. That's when I realized how fripping tall he is. <laughs> yeah, he's like six three or something. Oh no, he's taller than is that. He taller person. than that. Damn. Oh yeah, Good he man. made me look short. Ooh. Well. Yeah. Exactly. He made me feel like Judy size. Oh goodness! Yeah. <laughs> wow. See, well, exactly. I, I don't think there's a. I don't think there's a solution for this except people control yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, they're people. Stop! Just stop being stupid, please, for the love of God. <laughs> I mean, that's if, a, if that's you were, a tall order. It is, but if you were walking through a mall and someone just stopped and then stared at you and then ran at you with this look of glee holding their arms open you've never seen them before you can understand their side of it is like oh crap what is this you know 
you got to put yourselves in their shoes. And everyone's like, oh, they're celebrities. They have no problems. They have problems. I assure you they have problems. Oh, yeah. everybody, everybody does. Everybody though. does. <laughs> One of those problems does not need to be a, a rabid fan coming at them at 35 miles an hour screaming their name at the top of their lungs. Um, you know, just oh. my, just my two cents. You know? Well, and I think it, it's a, an awkward situation, too, because some of these some celebrities are paid to be sex symbols. Well, yeah. And and that's going to uh, attract, you know, obviously, if they're doing their job, that's going to attract a lot of people, you know, sexually their way. So when you see them in person, that's a that's a very in- weird dynamic. I mean, that doesn't really have anything to do with anything. Like, you mm. still can't touch them inappropriately, no matter yeah. No, 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 no. no, no. no. I am, yeah. yeah, I am not excusing it in any sort of way. No. Just I trying. mean, it's not like they don't know what to expect. I think a lot of celebrities know what they are getting into. Like yeah, I think that they're aware of what's happening, but that doesn't obviously make it okay. No. Like, you know, people still need to treat them as though they're people. It's just, you know, the treat other people the way you'd want to be treated kind of thing. And everything we talked about with cosplay is not consent applies here as well. Oh, exactly. So Celebrity isn't consent. Thing. Yeah. Well, I would just say, you know, I mean, you know, I think that applies to whether you're in a costume or celebrity or just walking around. Well, yeah. If you don't have permission, don't touch. Hello. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's, is it really that simple? Yes. Yes, it is. Well, and it goes beyond, it goes beyond touching. I mean, it, that includes taking photos. That includes uh, oh, yeah, a lot of yeah. different things. I mean... Uh, like I was talking about in earlier, the instance where they were talking about the gentleman, uh, I think he was from the Vampire Diaries, who him and his fiance were out, and he was asking them kindly not to take photos, and the same thing with the Amy Schumer instance. Uh, if you continue on, I think the concluding paragraph in the article says something about um, not only having respect for them, but, you know, live in the moment. Put your phone down. Stop seeing them as the people on the screen, and and tell them that you appreciate them being there, and... You don't have to take a photo. You don't have to do those things. They're great for you to remember them by, but you're going to remember them anyway. Who cares if you have to share it with everyone? Well, exactly. And even if you've met the celebrity at a previous con or stuff, you're one of a zillion people that he, that person has met. Mm-hmm. And 90% of the time, they're not going to remember you. And if they do, Consider yourself very fortunate. Or what did you do to them? Or what did you do? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Darren. (laughs) Yeah, I I was sitting. I was sitting and having lunch at Dragon Con one year, and it was the year they had the True Blood cast. Most of them there, and Elseed Joe walks through. The man's a, a wall of muscle, and that's kind of my thing. That's I was going to say, did you drool a little? It sounded you like you drooled I mean? a little. You know what I mean? It's in my thing. <laughs> but I kept it under control because this guy was eating with his with his cohorts. This was not the time to have a fanboy moment and ask him all kinds of inappropriate things. <laughs> it would have it would have been embarrassing for him, embarrassing for me, um, and that would have been a story he would have told at every con after that. If he chose to keep going to cons after that, so you know everyone's got a fan boy or fan girl moment. Just keep all that crazy on the inside. Speaking of 
It'll be okay. I promise. Speaking of choosing or deciding whether or not you're going to work at an, from a celebrity standpoint, if you're going to work at another convention, um, there are other ways that uh, that cons and con goers take advantage of the time and celebrities at, at all, really. And I actually was just speaking to a coworker of mine who's also into conventions who lives in um, Louisiana. And he just went to, uh, was one of the, the larger cons over in San Diego. Oh no, it wasn't San Diego. It was, uh, Texas. He went someplace in Texas. Cannot remember where it was, but he met Sigourney Weaver. And he was telling me we were having a, we were having a quote unquote meeting at work. And he was telling me that they had not just double booked her, but they had double booked her for the entire day, including her photo ops and everything else. So there were lines, like people had to get tokens and come back at the end of the day mm. and hope that they were going to be able to get a chance. And that included the people who bring in, you know, the cartfuls of things to, to get signed that they go and sell on eBay and whatnot. But for the convention organizers to make a mistake where they double book somebody like that, that's, that's kind of low. And, and then mean, she's forced to smile all day. And she is. I mean, and he told me he was like, you know, by the time we got up there, we had already been standing in line over five hours. He's like, and we were one of the first people there, and they were still in line for over five hours. Uh-huh. And uh, and she, he said that she still smiled and signed everybody's things and took everybody's pictures and did everything. But I'll I'll be surprised if once she's done with that run, because I think it's one of the ones that actually travels around. Once she's done with that run, if she does anything again. But that's something that not just con goers need to worry about, how much they're prioritizing and monopolizing somebody's time, but also the con organizers. Make sure you check your schedule. There must be so much money uh, on the table now because there are so many people that are actors that are and, and, and other uh, creative folks that are doing conventions now that – would have been unheard of even 10 years ago just because... And the thing is, well, I mean, and not to jump back, but she had the ability where if she wanted to, she could have said, no, I'm not going to do these. I'm only I'm only congratulately, contractually obligated to be here for X amount of hours and do these. I'm not going to do the rest of them. And she could have left, and sure. people would have been in arms about it. Yeah, oh, and that's why she didn't leave. Exactly. You know, uh, aren't they going to do another Alien sequel with her in it? Um, I think I read that somewhere. So she's got they, she's they got are. another movie coming down the pike. Yeah. She needs to be back in people's faces again. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sci-fi realm, the best way to do that is to do the con circuit. So yeah. she's, it's actually a very shrewd idea of hers. I think people who are still fans will go see the Alien movies. But, um, you know, the, there's just... There's going to be craziness at a con, but everyone knows when it goes off the rails, it should never have gone off the rails to begin with. And there there are going to be individuals who are going to be off the chain about stuff. There are going to be celebrities that Mm -hmm. are going to overreact to things that are out of everyone's control. There's going to be all kinds of stuff. So the best thing you can do is take your one photo or your one book to have it signed, give it to the celebrity to have them sign it, Say please and thank you. Do not tell your life story. They don't care. I assure you they don't care. Um, <laughs> and if there's people behind you, say thank you and leave. If there's no one behind you and the celebrity seems interested, then 
chat for like five minutes, but set yourself a timer. Five minutes is it. Um, unless they're like, no, no, stay. You know, if, if they're asking you to stay, that's different. But um, you're kind of you have people trapped behind a table, and they can feel really trapped. There. Oh yeah. Yeah, you oh, have yeah. To remember they can't get away from they, you. They can't get away from you. You have to go away from them. So before they give the secret code for security, um you kinda need to like have some awareness about what you're doing here. Be be respectful, you know, say your piece, give them the, the one thing to sign, not your entire collection of comic books from the nineteen eighties. <laughs> Because I've seen people do that and show up oh, yeah. uh, with two long, long boxes, boxes. Yep. and that's 500 books, give or take. <laughs> what? Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Do they actually do it? Do that. I, yes. I've seen, well, either they do it or they get called out later on social media for being an asshole for not doing it. And that's the thing the celebrity huh. person has to do the, you know, over under on, right? Is and that's and that, to be an asshole to this guy because he's being an asshole, bringing all these things for me to sign. And usually, comic people are ones that do it for free. Yeah, they don't even charge. Yeah, they so that's charge. they're not really they're not in any position. Although they are starting to charge now. Well, but when you see someone down in the in the artist alley with all those comics monopolizing someone else's time, it's the same thing as someone in you know the um, Hall of Fame. It's the same kind of scenario because you might want to speak to that guy and and that actress and this artist over here. But if everyone's manipulating the time in front of them, you know. Absolutely. Just don't be crazy. Be respectful. Pretend it's it's someone else's living room and you're a guest in their house. (laughs) And act appropriately. Really? (laughs) Is it that difficult? I guess it is. Yeah, some people don't have that switch. Well, because I, you know, I mean, I have not, I've never seen anything, you know, uh, that um, that obtrusive in the Walk of Fame area. But you know, if I had a nickel for every time I saw a celebrity kind of have that look, like uh, like a deer in headlights, yeah, or something like that, uh, then uh, I would, you know, I could afford to get more photo ops, Um, (laughs) a lot lot more photo ops. Uh, So. Uh, because it's yeah, I mean it, it. There is a a lot of it that happens, and yeah, some of it's you know understandable, but yeah, some of it's not. But well, like you, I have said, to, you have to remember that just because they're celebrities and just because they may do the concert, it, it doesn't mean that they're comfortable or used to being around large groups of people. True does not mean that that's their thing. It just means that it's part of their job. Mm, true. Yeah, that's true. And it does seem to be now more and more part of, you know, how they can earn a little bit of extra money. And, and, and yeah, there's a, we have seen a number of, of folks like that that are, I don't want to say forced into it, but they feel like they mm-hmm. need to do it because they're obligated and they absolutely hate it. Uh, well, it's and, not even necessarily that they hate it. It's just that I, like, I have anxiety when I have, when I'm in large crowds. Like when I come to Dragon Con on Saturday, You'll find me most likely either in the artist's alley or in the auction room because they are the quietest rooms with the least amount of people because I can't do crowds. I just cannot do crowds that big. Well, it gives me massive amounts of anxiety. Well, I, and there is that too, but I do know that there's instances where, you know, from talking to people behind the scenes that the, 
the 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 actors and celebrities uh well it's particularly the actors are mm-hmm. are so good that you would never know when they're interacting yeah. with the fans that behind the the but scenes they they, they, they absolutely hate everything mm-hmm. about this. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a job. Yes. It's a job yeah, to them. It is. I mean, you and know. all of us in our day jobs have to do things that we don't like, and we grit our teeth and we do it, and we do it the best we can because we have to. Yep. Absolutely. So, well, um, I, you know, I, I think all said and done, I have to uh, applaud uh, Dragon Con for not being a, and not having any blatant incidences on these lists. Um, the people at Dragon Con, in particular, uh, the attendees. Uh, just because that means that, you know, that hopefully this is much more of a comfortable environment. Um, maybe because it is uh, more open as far as fan interaction with people. Uh, maybe there's a comfort level and there's a respect level. I mean, there's a lot of times where I've seen actors walking around or looking uh, around at the costumes and, and, and at the restaurants and everything. And they're not being mobbed and not people are respecting their space, which is amazing. Because I think, you know, if, you know, outside of that, they might, they might not be, you know. But then you mm-hmm. also have the celebrities who do dress up in costumes and such, so they don't get, you know, mobbed and such, too. Sure. Which I sure. think is an excellent idea. It really is. It really is. I, like, that, that tickles my fancy like nobody's business. It's oh, still, it still gets me that I talked to Adam Savage for 35 minutes and didn't even realize it was him. And had no idea. That is pretty killer. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Only a dragon con, my friends. <laughs> well, and I also have to say for the record, too, that uh, when I was reading about this, too, and, and we're, since we're talking about it on the show, um, and Mike uh, sort of alluded to it a little bit earlier, too, that, uh, you know, the restraining order joke is just a joke for me. That's, I just want to make sure that that's, that's out there, that it's not, that it's not <coughs> for, <coughs> for, for now. Yeah. Or, or is it? <laughs> so uh yeah so in fact uh i i i definitely relate more to uh Dacoma's side where uh instead of going crazy i just shut down apparently yeah you, just, you stammer like an idiot and then you just that's, walk away that's that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> what happened when i met Elisha i just i just lost my mind i just Mike, i don't know where it, it left Mike, you got to stay five by five man come on five by five <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, awesome. that's why, you know, if we ever got some of these celebrities on the podcast, I'd be like, uh, 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 you know, about, you know, trying <laughs> to interview. They, maybe that's why they always bail. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason. That's it. That's I find I can do it if I have a purpose. Like, interviews are usually okay. I'm very nervous. But if I have some direction, I'm all right. But just, like, going up there, being me, I'm like, Dur, dur, dur. I don't know what to say. I'm a person. You're also a person. <laughs> <laughs> this is awkward, but not. Right? Well, I, I have always, um, I used to just it'd be really horrible about it and just, just go up and go, it'd be so nervous and barely get out the words thank you, you know, to, pe- to, to celebrities. Um, but then one trick that I kind of taught myself is that while either you know prior to the convention to come up with at least one question that i can ask just so that it it sort of makes it more of a conversation than a you know transaction 
<laughs> so um, you turn it into an interview? <laughs> I, not an interview per se. Just try to think of something that you've always wanted to know, or you know, something like that, and and just make it like more of a moment than just. That getting, would take like, me more time than putting together my costumes. <laughs> <laughs> like I think about it, and like my face turns red, and I'm like, I can think of nothing. <laughs> you know, just tell them you enjoyed their work. There, you know, <laughs> just just tell them that. When, if you can't think of anything to say, right. hey, I really enjoyed your work on that show. I well, the fact of the matter you. is is that on a, a few occasions, even if I've had a question prepared, it just went completely out of my head the minute I got up there. So <laughs> that, uh, that I, doesn't I, I always... can't help you with that. No, That's nope. a good point, Darren. In that situation, the worst thing that can possibly happen is they don't remember you because you said the same thing as a bunch of other people. And honestly, that's not that bad. You could have done a whole heck of a lot worse than yeah. them getting you. So that's exactly. a, definitely exactly. a good backup. <laughs> if they remember you, it's because of two things. One, you were really sweet and you had a nice story to tell. And it was really important to you that you tell that person. And I understand that there are like fan moments that mean a lot to people. Find that condensed 30-second version of that story and tell it. The yeah. other way they remember you is if you were bloody awful. So, yes. so I have I have a story. Let's, <laughs> That's let's it. Finish on a story. <laughs> Gonna finish on a story. Let's finish on so, a story. We got to wrap up. A few up. years ago, a few years ago, um, I had the opportunity to go backstage, and I met the band members of Three Days Grace, and um, I was standing in line, and they all came in and they signed our photos, and we had our little photo ops, and as everybody's going through the photo ops, everybody's doing the standard. I'm in a band. I'm really cool pose. Because you've got two of the band members on one side and two of the band members on the other, and then you stand in the middle, and it's the standard photographer, you know, come in, get your picture done. Well, I got up there, and I'm not like everyone else. <laughs> so I get up there, and I had already talked to the bassist about his broken arm and soccer and everything, and I get up there, and I look at the guys, and I said, okay, on the count of three, everybody yell, and the photographer was already taking the picture, and I went, tampon. <laughs> I just started saying random stuff for all of my photos. They ended up taking like three wow. different photos, and each time, all of the band members are doing something strange and different and giving me like stupid faces, and I'm like smiling and laughing hysterically. But they're the best photos because they're not just standing there like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we've learned too much about Tacoma tonight. <laughs> That's how I react when I meet celebrities sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, you know, and maybe you're that uh, memorable, memorable person because of that. But you know, I didn't. I didn't step over any bounds. I didn't inappropriately touch anyone. <laughs> hey. No. hey, points, points, yay! Absolutely, absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, uh, all everybody, for that. Uh, once again, a great discussion. And now we're going to talk to Michelle Biddick Simmons. And now once again we have with us Michelle Biddick Simmons. Michelle, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank we've, you for asking. We've only got a month left. I know, I know. Well, well <laughs> thirty days can be a lot of stuff that you can get done. Yeah. I think we're all gonna put that to the test. Uh, as we do every year. Yes, um, of so, and I would imagine that you've got some uh, suggestions and uh, tips for what we can do this last month. Yes, and uh, tonight's going to be my little segment is going to be a dual theme. Um, 
the first, like, the last couple of days have really reinforced my idea for these themes. Um, the first thing is a friend of mine today, we were discussing in a private message, um, she was talking about the weather and how all of a sudden her skin was just so dry. And so I was like, oh, my God, that is perfect because it fits in exactly with what I'm talking about tonight. We're 30 days out, and this is horrendously hot across the country and overseas as well in different places. We have to really remember that when your skin starts to actually show it being dry, you're really dehydrated. So you need to stay on top of it now. A lot of people don't realize that when it's really humid, you're more likely to dehydrate at a faster rate. Um, part of that is your body still trying to like maintain its cool and sweating, and you think, oh, it's just humidity, etc. No, you're really sweating stuff out. Um, what you need to do is, by the time your skin is letting you know stuff, you're already in a bad place. Start listening to your body. Notice when you're craving food, especially when you've just eaten, if you have like a slight headache, if you're getting irritable, other little things like that can actually be your body trying to tell you that you're dehydrated. Um, even a strange taste in your mouth or your mouth feeling dry, you think, oh, the dry thing is normal. You know, oh, it's hot, etc. Let me just have a little water. No, you really need water. Um, so start drinking it um, two to four cups every hour, particularly while exercising. If you are exercising, up your water drastically. Um, there are other things that need to go with that. When you up your water, you also need to get a little more salt in because, one, you're sweating more with this heat, but the more water you drink, the faster you change your salt levels. And because of the way your muscles, including your heart work, you need to maintain your sodium levels. You need that for that nice little potassium-sodium pump. Um, same with calcium, too. So when you up your water, which I want you to do, I also want you to increase the salt and your vitamins and minerals that are water-soluble. However, I'm going to say, have you talked to your doctor about this? Uh, we're going to actually call it, have you talked to your doctor about Dragon Con? Um, if you are someone who's on a salt-restricted diet or you have minerals, etc., that are water-soluble that you're not supposed to be taking, you need to let your doctor know that you're going to this event. You need to talk to them and be honest about it because they may have suggestions for you to be able to enjoy Dragon Con and have your alcohol and have your sweets and have your sleepless nights and get that water in and maintain your salt, etc. And particularly if you have health issues that have these limitations. Anything I say, I want you to put through the filter of does my doctor agree and say something different? Ignore me if your doctor says something different. But still tell your doctor about Dragon Con and talk it out. Um, so the water thing. A couple of years ago, I don't know if you remember this, there was this big brouhaha because all of a sudden these scientists were like, all these people saying eight glasses of water a day, <clears throat> we don't actually need that. If you're eating food, you know, fruits and vegetables, and you're drinking even tea and coffee, you're getting your adequate fluid intake. And uh, a lot of the doctors are like, no, that's not true. And I agree with them on this because across the board, what we've shown for years is for your body, whatever your weight is, you need to be taking in half to a whole ounce per pound every day. Um, and that means, because like, the eight glasses of water is actually about two liters or half a gallon and most people need a gallon to two gallons a day 
according to what their weight is and what they're exercising, particularly at this time of year. Um, I will say this is another one of those cases that as long as there's not a doctor involved, if you are exercising or drinking that much water, you can actually you can flush out and have a thing. They call it um, the water drunks. So you need to actually maintain your salt. Get a, like Have a few french fries. I don't care. A little sodium. Yes, as long as your doctor's chill. And up your B vitamins, up your water-soluble stuff. Make sure you feel okay. But keep your water going in. Um, the funny thing that cracks me up is if you're going to be drinking, I want you to think of this. My, my darling husband has a formula. And this is just hilarious, but it works for him. For every beer he has, he has a glass of water. If he has a mixed drink, which he doesn't do often, if it's a small one, it's one glass of water that you have to have for it. But, and this is very Dragon Con, if you're having a mixed drink or hard liquor or something really heavy that you don't know what it is, have two glasses of water for every one of those, please. Because if you want to feel good and enjoy the whole con, Make sure that your alcohol ratio <laughs> is always uh, close to or under the water intake. The next day, you'll feel better. You won't be as hungover. You'll be able to get up and do stuff and start all over again. Um, also, think about what you're going to be wearing because costumes are insanely hot as anybody, you know, even jeans. And I tend to wear jeans at Dragon Con. Next year, maybe skirts, but this year, still jeans. But, you know, because of you're going up and downstairs, you're doing this, you're sitting on the concrete, jeans are heavy. And you don't think about that. Just even sitting in the AC dries you out and takes fluid out of you. So, you know, that's my big thing right now is a push for that. Also, we are 30 days out. Start your emergency now. Start taking whatever it is that's your thing to keep from getting sick. If... You need to get an ammonia shot or pneumonia. He keeps saying, I'm saying ammonia, but pneumonia shot. Do it now. Um, and if the flu shots are out two weeks before, because they usually are around school uh, time that they start popping up, if you can still get it in two weeks before Dragon Con starts and you need that flu shot, do it. I'm getting a pneumonia shot, so is Paul. If the flu shot comes in, we're going to do it. Paul asked me about this, and I checked. You can donate blood after a flu shot or a pneumonia shot as long as you're symptom-free and you meet all the other criteria. So that's not going to, in any way, shape, or form, cause a problem with the blood donation at DragonCon. Um, but after last year with all the pneumonia that people were popping up with afterwards, I kind of think let's, let's do that. If you can go to Walgreens, et cetera, it's walk-in shot, do it. Um, Make sure you're sleeping now. I know everybody's working on costumes and busting their bums for stuff, but if you arrive at Dragon Con sleep-deprived, the experience is going to be so greatly reduced because you're already going to be dragging and in a place of diminished capacity, and capacity is all about enjoyment. So if you don't have a great capacity, you're not going to enjoy as much. Um, make that sleeping a priority. Like I said now, try when you're at Dragon Con to please get it. <laughs> Take a nap someplace. <laughs> um, and, okay, uh, break your shoes in now because you still have 30 days to make sure those shoes work. And I know so many people that buy new shoes or shoes for their costume and they don't already break them in before they go. 
And remember, there are things like the anti-chafe stuff you can use on your feet. There's mole skin. There's so much stuff you can do. And having a blister really sucks. So, you know, now start working on that. Um, If you have not already started walking, even in 30 days, you can make a huge difference. Get out there. Go for your walks. Find some hills and some stairs to climb and just start doing it. Particularly if you're doing it in the heat and you're getting your water in, best way to train. You can do squats. You can do wall sits. Those really help you and they keep you in form so that when you're hitting those hills or those stairs, you can really grind it out and get where you need to go and not be as miserable. Um, Okay, here's the other theme. Do you have any other? Do you have any questions before I run on to the next thing? No questions, but we talk about hydration all the time. I don't think we can emphasize this enough. enough. No. Um, so I just want to be clear. Um, obviously, you know, check with uh, the doctor beforehand. But the general rule is, I think you said um, one two, ounce or yes. two ounces for every no. pound. Half an ounce to an ounce for every pound. Basically, what you do, what you should do is look at your weight, half that, and that's what you drink in ounces a day. Um, At least that. If you're exercising, you need to up it. And here's the thing. Red Bull is not water. No, no, it certainly is not. Soda is not water. No, Coca-Cola is not water. Coffee is not water. Even tea. And plus, if you have something with sugar, I want you to enjoy Dragon Con. and, And sugar's good. But sugar wears you out. It actually lowers your immune system, dehydrates you faster. So when you have that goodie, I want you to actually eat something, like have a salad. You don't even have to have a salad. Have, if you like salmon, go someplace, sit down, go to that Momo Cafe, get some salmon and some broccoli, and then have a treat and drink some water. Um, the wa- hydration, I don't think people ever really get how important it is. Until you put yourself in a situation, I've ended up having heat stroke. Um, If you have heat stroke or heat exhaustion, they are life-threatening. People don't think that's true. But all of a sudden, your muscles go into this thing where they start to lock up. The first signs are you get dizzy. Your skin may feel funky on your face in particular, and I had that happen. Your lips kind of start to feel weird. Some people get a ringing in the ear. They get irritable, or they really kind of start spacing out. Um, in fact, there's a thing right now where um, the government has put kind of a, a thing out, like a warning, and a lot of the news stations are mentioning it, that driving dehydrated is as dangerous as driving drunk. We know this is true because you are impaired and in a situation where you can pass out or you just don't know what you're doing and you could kill yourself or somebody else. So think about walking impaired. You are, your muscles have to do so much. And if you're not hydrated, you're putting yourself in a situation where maybe not this time, you could get, you know, heat stroke, etc. But in the future, you're going to be more susceptible to heat stroke or heat exhaustion. And you can have a heart attack. You can also stroke out from dehydration. Sounds odd, but it's very, very common. It's scary. And so that's... That's the extreme, of course, but at the very least, as we mentioned, or as you mentioned, you know, if uh, by some chance at Dragon Con you're going to uh, take part in a drink or two, say have some pie (laughs) or some buckets of rum, um, if you're going to have a bucket of rum, you need a bucket of water, correct? Yes, 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 yes. And I will say this. This is something that's always really bothered me. 
um, there's this there's this uh, mentality where when you're drinking alcohol and your inhibitions are lowered, a lot of times this is when situations happen where people get lured away from their friends, etc., or get separated. And if you had had that water, you would not be in that situation more than likely. So it's like really do keep hydrated. Um, the girl last year that got kind of separated by that guy actually had, uh, that was something that they had talked about, that she had had a lot of alcohol and she was really dehydrated at the time. It was like, you know, she hadn't been keeping up, she hadn't been eating when she should have, etc., and you do get foggy, and it's easy for someone to kind of lead you away. And that just sounds so scary. But, you know, unfortunately, it's it's a known. It's a thing. It's like, why would you not just drink the water? But um, not to scare the hell out of everybody now. Oh, panic! Know, right? right away. But, you know, it's just one of those realities. I remember in high school, people getting really trashed. And I think back now, and I'm like, God, how did we not get... You know, in in terrible situations, how what lucky little you know angels were running around, keeping us out of trouble. And I'm like, I'm so lucky that I was already someone who drank water then, um, because I remember everything that happens when I'm drunk. I think it's also biology. But if you get really trashed and talk to me, I'm gonna remember all of it. That doesn't mean I'll use it against you, but I want you to remember this: that you're sober <laughs> oh, yes, right you now. <laughs> I may get in trouble later on or kind of shock you by stuff I know. But I never, like, I, I think it's biology, but it's also because I do drink so much water when I drink. And I've never had, like, a, I don't drink that often. Man, I sound like a lush. Yes! But no, I don't drink that often. But when I do, I drink. And then I'm, like, water and I'm chill and I'm good. Um, okay. So it, at the very least, like I said, um, it can keep you from having a massive hangover in the morning. So. At the very least, and hangovers are uh, in themselves a kind of scary thing. So, you know, because and it's plus, how much money are you paying to enjoy Dragon Con? Drink right, the damn exactly. water, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you remember what happened. And um, it is available everywhere. <laughs> yes, it is everywhere. You know, it's like mm, drink it. Um, okay. So the other thing I want to mention is this. Um, this this is, like, really on my mind, and it started with, I mean, it's always on my mind because I worry about people, but it started with this woman that, um, she's kind of a Facebook sensation right now. She's a very nice lady. I've spoken to her a couple of times. She had been out, um, she, she felt really good and sassy about herself one day, and her hair looked fabulous, and she thought, it's hot, I'm going to wear shorts. So I believe it was the post office that she went to, and the woman in front of her, an older lady, turned around and said, oh, your hair looks great. And she said, you look so cute. And the woman behind her said, I like the hair, but you should rethink the shorts. And she was like, normally she would have just been, and, you know, let it pass. But she had to say, why would you say that to someone? Why would you say that to someone? What, what does it do to you to make that person feel horrible? And she's like, I am so not, I'm wearing, I'm rocking the shorts. And now it's so funny because all these different companies are like, yay, plus size model that's fabulous and positive. And so they're throwing clothes at her. And I'm like, good for you because you're gorgeous, you're kind, you're funny, and you're not taking this crap. Um, and here's the theme for this. It's basically, don't wait for someday. Don't care what anybody else says just live your life. Find what your truth is. Your truth is what makes you happy. 
And if you're editing who you are because you're afraid of what people are going to say about you, let me tell you, the people that say horrible things to people about their color, about their weight, about their hair, about, you know, whatever it is, about your skin, if you have acne, people are mean. And these people that are mean, are, are they don't like themselves. And it's like they make themselves feel better or look better to other shallow people by being horrible. So when someone says something like that, it is so not about you. And I know it hurts. I've had stuff said to me. But it's so not about you. And it's like I've finally gotten to the point where I can look at that person and think, what do you hate about yourself that you need to try to hurt somebody else? Well, I, okay, a friend of mine allowed me to tell this story, and I'm so proud of her. She had a, uh, is this PG-13, or can I use a cuss word? I like you, a good cuss word. You may use a cuss word. Okay, she had a moment. That's what I call it. Um, she is working her bum off trying to lose weight and get in shape. And she just is working it for herself. And she was out on the greenway um, in her shorts and top. And some guy, I mean, she's out there sweating. Some guy she's never met before told her that her shirt was too small. And she normally, as she says, would have just, you know, uh uh-huh, kept going. And she was like, what the hell? And so she stopped and she called him on it. And she was like, what gives you the right to say anything to me about what I'm wearing? This shirt is supposed to be small. It is made for wicking away sweat so that I can be out here and exercise longer. If someone said something like that to your wife, to your daughter, to your sister, and I want to add to you for her because she didn't do that, to you, mister, how would you feel? It's like, what gives you, in your brain, what makes you think that it's okay to say something like that? And I love, she she, she comments that the way she spoke to him was as if he was a, a badly behaved child. <laughs> <laughs> and she said to him, I want you to think about this. Think about what you said and do better. <laughs> and she just, she's wonderful. But um, And then she was like, she was still so ticked off. She had to go out and do grocery shopping. And she was like, I don't care. It is hot. And my AC in my car doesn't work. So she grabbed a short dress. It was like something she would never wear out in public. And it's sleeveless. And she put it on and she went out and grocery shopped and she was cooler. And the thing is, another friend today posted on a a drop by, not a drop by, a Dragon Con group on Facebook that she's decided not to costume this year. And part of it is because She's not where she wants to be weight-wise. It's been a really rough year, and I know it has. She's dealing with a lot. And because she's, she's been kind of depressed and stuff, and I get that. I totally get that, and I told her that. Everybody, it takes you as long as it takes you. You're not less likely to lose weight or get healthy than anybody else. It takes that moment for you to click, or it takes your health getting to the point where you can do stuff. Whatever it is, don't don't allow yourself to be overwhelmed and discouraged and just be down on yourself for it. I've done that. I know so many people that have done that, and it's not worth it. And a couple of years ago, um, a dear friend of ours was murdered. And Paul, I know, it's horrible. Ooh, murdered. It was, yeah, it was bad. Um, and Paul and I, it was a really weird summer. Um, actually, it happened in April. 
no, May, and then they found her in June. As literally as we were supposed to be going out the door to my nephew's graduation. And it all was just so insane that we went from not traveling that much to having what we call the summer of travel. And I kind of, I do believe that the universe puts things to help. And if we hadn't been traveling, we would have gone insane. Well, I had all these plans for Dragon Con and for costumes. And because of all the travel and because of the trial and stuff, we... We were both so worn out, and we decided not to do it. And I had gained weight, and I was not happy. And so I was like, I'm not doing this. And I was talking to another friend that was going through health issues at the time. And I said, you know, I really wanted to do this and this. And, and she was like, let me show what costumes you're doing this year. I said, we're not going to do any. And, you know, someday I'll do these. And she's like, Michelle, why someday? Because someday may never happen. You do not know you do not know you're going to have a next year. So do it now. And I was like, okay. And we had 30 days till Dragon Con. I got online. I, I came up with the ideas. Paul and I talked it out. I ordered the stuff I couldn't make easily or quickly. And I spent 15 days sewing, 10 to 14-hour days. Um, I ended up, like, I'm, I'm a metal worker. I haven't done a lot in years. But Paul came home one day. I was like, hold this. <laughs> and I'm out there brazing and stuff while Paul's helping me. And he, he, you know, he's still in work clothes and stuff. And I spent a lot of money on Swarovski crystals and did all these costumes. And we ended up having, I think, six costumes each. And um, the, the thing I call the snowball, the pink snowball, um, that I wear for the um, periodic table as neon, that neon pink gown, was actually originally a fairy godmother costume. I still have all the other pieces. Um, hey, maybe I'll wear that in the parade. That'll confuse people. But, um, but it was probably the best Dragon Con that I've had in years. It was so much fun because I didn't care we were alive, we were wearing costumes, we were having a great time, and I don't know what happened in the interim, but, you know, it's like, what is what happens one day when suddenly you realize that all the years of things you wanted to do and were someday things, you can't do anymore. So don't let what somebody else may think stop you from doing what you want to do. And that includes at Dragon Con. And by God, let me tell you, there are going to be asses because there are asses everywhere. But there are thousands more people, thousands and thousands of us who would push back lovingly because I'm not going to hurt anybody. Um, but I will talk someone down and get them to realize or just get them to back off because your right is to wear what you want. Whatever costume calls to you it doesn't have to be mainstream. Just go, wear your shorts, wear your tank tops, be happy, and Absolutely. just enjoy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whew. So glad that ended on a positive message. I, it took a dark turn there, and I don't know where it was going to go. So <laughs> yeah, so, it's so dark well, recently. I had absolutely. a moment. Well, <laughs> all right. I had this moment of going, what the hell's the matter with people? Because it's like everybody <laughs> is so concerned about other people's business. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, um, very cool. Um, well, that's definitely some solid information. And again, we really appreciate it. 
I hope it helps. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, we'll talk to you again next month, uh, short or actually probably just in a couple weeks. And uh, in the meantime, where can people check out? On Drop by Dragon Con on Facebook, there's a page and a group. In order to join the community, you need to try to join. Well, that sounds odd. And I will check you out and we'll get you in. As long as your account, I can contact you or prove that you're like someone who's not a fake account, you're chill. Absolutely. Cool. That's uh, definitely reasonable. So, well, thanks, Michelle. We appreciate it. Thank you. And now joining us, we have Lil Watson, the new, right, new assistant media relations? Correct. Awesome. Awesome. So how long have you been um, associated with DragonCon? Um, well, my first experience with DragonCon was actually the very first DragonCon parade in 2002. Um, and then I have been either attending or volunteering with DragonCon since 2003. So about 13 years. Wow, that's impressive. Um, so were you, you volunteered pretty much right away or did you attend for a little bit? Um, I attended for the first two years. I did one day, one Saturday and thought, oh my gosh, this is so many people, which is really <laughs> funny to think about in 2003. <laughs> I know, right? With little did you know that there would be like, it would expand times three, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so much more. Um, and then I attended for all four days the next year met a bunch of people um, and met the director of the Young Adult Literature Track, and she needed someone on staff the year after that. So I started volunteering about two years, I guess, after I started working or attending, and I was a volunteer for her for eight years. Excellent. What was it that sort of drew you to Dragon Con and made you want to, you know, keep coming back? Um, I became familiar with Dragon Con actually through the Lord of the Rings fan site called TheOneRing.net. Awesome. Very uh, familiar with that. Yes. Yes. I was very active on that um, in my high school days and they attended Dragon Con and I was like, this is in Atlanta. I must go. And that's like all I did the first two years I went was I was at like every Lord of the Rings panel that there was. I was attending it because, of course, that was 2003 and 2004. Um, you know, Return of the King came out in 2003 and there were just all the hype and everything. And it, I just made friends. Um, and so I kept wanting to go back and see my friends and then I made more friends and then more friends. And now it's all family. So it's all, all 75,000 people. Exactly. It's a big yeah. family. Yes. But it actually, I, I relate to that. Um, I mean, I've been going for over 20 years and it, it feels, it's so strange to explain it to people, but it feels mm -hmm. like home, like a it homecoming really every year. It really does. Those hotels, you get really familiar with all of them. You don't even think about it when you're walking around after so long. And people are like, how do I get somewhere? How do you get somewhere so fast? And you're like, I don't even think about it now. <laughs> and there's, you know, I, there's no end to the new stuff that right. uh, you can discover there because it's mm -hmm. so massively big that um, whether there's different tracks, there's some track rooms that I haven't actually set foot in. Still. Exactly. Exactly. And I know that they're very popular. Almost all the tracks are popular now. So, mm -hmm. um, standing room only, which there's been a lot of changes. Uh, so it's the 30th anniversary of Dragon Con. That's pretty impressive. Yes, it is. And, and now, as part of the uh, media relations team, that must be challenging for you. Um, it's actually pretty exciting um, because it's you know as Dragon Con has grown and as uh, you know press awareness has grown. 
it's really brought on a lot of different people, attracted a lot of people outside of what you might consider sort of the normal or the usual nerd crowd that's kind of always known about Dragon Con. And so it gives us a chance to talk to new people about who we are and what we do. You know, geek culture is becoming a lot more mainstream, but there's also still a lot of people out there who don't understand it or are trying to understand it. And so it gives us that chance to be like, here, let's inter- can we introduce you to our family? And so that's pretty exciting. Do you find that there's a lot of mis- misconceptions out there? Not as much as there used to be, but yes. Um, you know, as a female nerd, I get a lot of misconceptions of like, well, you don't, you don't look like a geek or you don't look like a nerd. Um, you know, and sometimes the media continues to portray that like, oh, we think it's, you know, something that is represented by uh, movie or television that's incorrect. And then they come and see the, the diversity and Dragon Con is extremely diverse. Nerd culture is very diverse. And so it's trying to, you know, help them recognize that and see that and, um, you know, shine all that in a really, you know, awesome light that it, that's there. So is it something that keeps you busy, um, like, for the next month leading up to the con? Or are you going to be extremely busy and then at the con itself you've got a lot of uh, things to do? Yeah, so this is my first year as the assistant media relations director. Um, I have worked before just kind of on staff. Um, so I'm seeing a different side of it, working very closely with, uh, of course, the um, media relations director, Dan Carroll. Which and is, uh, we are big friends of, big yeah. fans of. Dan is one of the most amazing people I have the opportunity to have in my life. And um, he's just showing me the ropes, and it's great. Um, and definitely the past couple months have been pretty busy. Um, like I said, I have done track work before, and we kind of – kind of trickle things all year and then ramp up, you know, towards the last month or so. But uh, media relations definitely stays busy because we have to deal with, you know, reporter requests and interview requests. And then, of course, Dan and I, you know, both talking to people and sharing the awesomeness of DragonCon. Uh, definitely this next month, I think the next 30, 45, 30 days before DragonCon, will be pretty busy every day with something or another of media and press and talking about Dragon Con. Is there anything so far that's been surprising or illuminating about Dragon Con since you've kind of gotten into this side of it? Um, hmm. I think I've, I've been really impressed with how everyone, I mean, I've always seen how people work together, but at the same time working with Dan, who's very good at engaging with people around him and getting to know more people at Dragon Con, seeing how long people have been there and how much time and effort that everyone puts into it. Um, and of course, Rachel Reeves, who's one of the chairmen, like she's incredible and getting to watch her sort of organize this giant convention and watching it all come together and seeing the volunteers and the press come to us. You know, they say, we want to come to your convention. We want to be the ones to talk about it has been pretty exciting to see, you know, as a track, you're kind of in your track and you do what you do for your track, but media relations is so much bigger than all of that and seeing how all of that interacts and how we interact with tracks and reporters interact with tracks and interviews um, has been really cool. And, and there's, it's a really well put together thing so that we can put together a really awesome convention for everyone. 
But yeah, they've been doing it for 30 years. So Exactly. <laughs> they've got it down. And there's really not a lot of other cons like it. I mean, uh, they've always promoted themselves as, you know, for the fans, by the mm-hmm. fans. And yep. there's a, you know, certainly there's the, the people at the top that are making decisions, but all of the fan tracks have seemingly so much latitude. They really do. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things I, I like so much about it is I've been to Comic Con and I mean, it was fun, but it was, it just didn't have the same type of atmosphere. I've been to smaller conventions, medium sized conventions. Um, but I just keep coming back to Dragon Con and I think it's, it's that atmosphere that it's for the fans and they take a lot of con- contribution from those around them. They're not just like, oh, well, we've been doing this for 30 years. We know better. It's, okay, well, we've either tried that and we're going to change it or do something new. And they're just always finding ways to improve. And I just think that's that's really awesome and makes us, you know, you coming for, you know, over 20 years, me for 13 years, and all the people coming for 30 years, it's because we love what's there and the community that's been built and continues to grow and change and evolve, but at the same time keep the fans in mind. And that's really important. The, um, now I know from personal experience, uh, usually if I'm, if I get a glimpse of Dan during the weekend, it's a blur because he's yeah. always in motion. Yes. So I imagine that you'll be, you know, the same, uh, working, yes. uh, nonstop, but are there certain aspects of the con that you are definitely going to take part in and say, Hey, I need to, to do this cause I'm excited about this event. Um, well, definitely seeing all my friends on the young adult literature track. Um, I've been doing that for years, so I always pop over there, always make time to see what they're doing. Um, Jason Isaacs, who played Lucius Malfoy, will be at Dragon Con this year, and I'm definitely hoping to make it to a panel for him. I'm a huge Buffy fan. Eliza Dushku will be there this year, um, and I, I've met her before at a previous Dragon Con, but I'm a huge, huge fan of Buffy and Faith. And so I'm really hoping to see her. But other than that, see as many of my friends as I can. You know, sometimes it's the only time we get to see each other. And it'll be, where are you? Can I see you? Let's hang out, even if it's for five minutes, you know, over lunch. Um, so, yeah, I would say friends is, is always a really big thing for me. And I think that's probably going to be very similar to the answer to my next question. But since it's the, yeah, with the 30th anniversary, we're, we're asking so many people, um, what is it do you think uh, about Dragon Con that has made it endure, not just, not just exist, but to grow exponentially over the last 30 years? I would definitely say the community. Um, I mean, Lana is obviously densely populated, so there's lots of people here to go to Dragon Con. But at the same time, if Dragon Con wasn't a fun place to go, people wouldn't talk about it. People wouldn't, you know, wouldn't show up in lists of best conventions you must attend. You know, it shows up in those lists because of the people that make it work all the time. And the people that do that are the fans. They're the, the people that run the tracks. It's people like Rachel and Dan and you know, all everyone that comes together that works really hard all year round to make an experience for the community. Um, and I just, I tell people, and I mean this honestly, it's the best four days of the year for me. I get there on Thursday morning and I leave, you know, Monday afternoon and it's awful when I have to leave because I feel like I'm leaving my family, you know, and it's even if it's people that I still see other times of the year, there's just something about coming together and knowing that everyone there shares something passionately that you do. 
you know, somehow you can connect to one another or we're all like, I guarantee you, you and I could sit here and come up with names of people we know and be like, wait, you knew that person too? You know, it's like, what is the, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon? It's the same way at Dragon Con. Like we're all somehow know everyone there, even with as many people. Well, instead come. of Ken, Kevin Bacon, it, it's, it's Dan Carroll. This is true. This is very true. <laughs> <laughs> we should have Dan Carroll bingo. I'm like, you know, how you? <laughs> we love you, Dan. <laughs> absolutely absolutely well very cool now um in the interim is there something that as far as for the latest news or uh for like to see what you guys are doing um is there something that is there like a website or uh anything social media wise that we should you know be aware of um well the media relations team does have a um a website. It's mediarelations.dragoncon.org. Oh goodness, I believe Dan is yes. Mediarelations.dragoncon.org. Um, most of that information, however, is for the press and media. So if there is someone interested in applying for media or interviews, all that information, deadlines, is on um, that website. There's also podcasts um, that Dan hosts um, that talk about different things. But for the most part, we mostly deal kind of directly with the press and things like that. Um, so if you're not press, I would say make sure and check out the information about the parade. It's 30 years of Dragon Con. It's the first parade was in 2002, so it's been a long time since the parade started. Go check it out if you haven't seen the parade because it's an experience. Um, and so I highly recommend that for anyone. Well, no matter how long you've been going to Dragon Con, go see the parade because it's always awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, very cool. And um, I do believe also that uh, the – just a reminder because I think I mentioned it at the top of the show, but as far as important dates. But I think media access applications close – uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, in, in, in August. Like, so um, I should probably have those dates memorized, but they do uh, close before the convention because they don't do any on-site registration. So getting in all of the, um, let's see, the deadline is August 15th for media application. Um, so if you want to apply for press, definitely do that sooner rather than later. And they would do that right at dragoncon.org. They can follow the steps to do that. That or the mediarelations.dragoncon.org will get them straight to that website. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I always love the chance to talk about DragonCon. Awesome. And uh, we'll see you at the con. All right. And joining us now, we have with us... Uh, Jamie, is your last name Poff? P-O-F-F, yep, right? That's okay. correct. Jamie Poff and James Henson. They are the co-directors of the new, but maybe not so new, military sci-fi media track. How's it going, guys? It's going great. Thanks. Good. Welcome to the station. Um, so uh, I guess we'll start with uh, you, Jamie. Like, What is your experience uh, or history with DragonCon? How long have you been associated with the convention? Um, I've been going since 2005. Um, we, um, I became a volunteer in 2009 and, uh, was the, um, the second in command of the Stargate multiverse track and did that for a number of years. And then when our track director became the charity events track director, um, I became the track director for Stargate. And then this year, of course, we have the changeover. We're now the military sci-fi media track. Awesome. Awesome. And James, what about you? I, uh, started out. Well over a decade ago in security for Dragon Con, and then when they announced the Stargate track, I was one of the, the first people to run over there and put my name on the list to 
try to get in, and I've been uh, with that track uh, all the way up to now, where it's become Military Sci-Fi Media. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's talk about the the changeover. Uh, you guys are obviously must be huge Stargate fans. Um, was this a a welcome change or something that absolutely needed to happen? Or you know, I imagine you're still going to have a a Stargate presence. Oh, of course. Um, Stargate Multiverse Track, of course, was our home for well since 2006, um, and then just this past year. We kind of were approached with the idea, and we actually have been sort of pitching the idea of bringing more media on board, um, mainly because, as you know, Stargate SG-1 has been off the air. They've had two other shows, Atlantis and um, Stargate Universe, and those uh, those shows have not been on since 2011, and we haven't had any new media, even though there's constant rumors of the reboot that's always uh, up in the air. But we kind of said, well, we're going to have to get some more fans on board, and we're going to introduce them to Stargate as we do it. And so uh, whenever uh, the the pitch was made for a military sci-fi media track, we uh, basically now have content for Battlestar Galactica, both the uh, original and the revised version in the early 2000s. And we also have Farscape and uh, Battle 1-5. Awesome. Yeah, those definitely all apply. And there's also a, a rich literary history of uh, military sci-fi uh, novels, etc. Are you covering that as well? or? Um, in a sense, but mostly we leave that to the literary tracks to cover. Gotcha. Uh, that's, that's already been covered by other people and other fan groups. Uh, we're basically uh, focused on the media side of uh, television and movies. Right, that that's related. right. Right, because yes, of course, I almost missed that word. Military sci-fi media track. So, right. Yes. <laughs> so uh, now, does the media include uh, like video games or anything like that, or is it just like TV and movies? Um, it's a little of all, and I'll let James speak to that because we actually have a panel on that. So, yeah, we we do have a video games panel. Um, we're going to be looking at uh, the Battlestar Online and. Um, the history of uh, Stargate Worlds, the MMO that we wish there was. <laughs> right. Awesome. Awesome. What other kind of programming or um, get related guests do you do you have as part of your track this year? Well, I'm really excited. Um, one of our premier guests is actually Sue Ann Braun. And while she was only a recurring character in the early seasons, she played Hathor, who was a gold system lord that was uh, – Basically, a goddess of seduction, seduction pretty much. Uh, very, very sultry, very, very cool uh, plot lines with her involved. Um, Sue Ann Brom actually has only uh, done a convention appearance in America one other time, and so we're very excited to have her for her second appearance on this side of the pond, so to speak. That's so, very cool. I, I did yeah. see there was a day where they made, uh, I think it was three Stargate announcements related guests. Uh, yes, and they were all uh, Stargate villains. So uh, something we've, <laughs> we've, we've pitched for a while is to have um, a media panel where it was just people who played bad guys on Stargate. So we have um, Sue Ann Brom. We have uh, Jacqueline Samuda, who was Nearty on the series. And um, we have Peter Williams, who, of course, played uh, Apophis for all of those early seasons of SG-1. So very excited. We're going to put all of them... Uh, at a table together and, and have some talk about what it is like to play a bad guy. So, very uh, nice. that's, 
one of my favorite topics. Period. Is is uh, you know who plays the bad guys. So. And and you mentioned that you're also going to be covering Farscape. Uh, I know that uh, Gigi uh, is a guest this year, so I would imagine there's some time with her. Uh, yes, that's true. Uh, we do have a media panel uh, with her on it. Uh, very excited to have that. I actually uh, I haven't watched all the shows that are part of our components. Um, <laughs> right. And I, I have just recently started Farscape, and I'm very enjoying it a lot. Of course. Uh, Ben Browder and Claudia Black were on the last two seasons of Stargate SG-1, Absolutely. and Farscape was one of their first big properties, and they were on that together. So it's really interesting to see the super, super young side of them uh, <laughs> on that show, because I'm, I'm just watching the, the very first season. Started this week, as a matter of fact. So very nice. I, I believe me, it is one of my favorite series of all time. So uh, you will, it's, you have good stuff ahead of you uh, as far as Farscape goes. Yeah, I, um, I cheated. I, I did go to the, the Farscape wiki and kind of do a plot synopsis. <laughs> so I'm not as good as <laughs> about things, but uh, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of a. Uh, it's, it's you have to kind of realize that you can't be in a spoiler-free environment when a show's been off the air for ten years or more. So. Sure, yeah, sure. So it's it's okay to go. Th- I, I'm okay with going through and kind of knowing a little bit about what happens in the plot, and uh, you know, being comfortable with that is is, is fine. But uh, I'm excited to actually watch the series for real. So, in addition to guest panels, uh, I'm sure you have a lot of interesting topics and discussion debates. Uh, what are some of the? Is there are there uh, certain panels or evening activities that you that you guys do um, that are are going to continue with the tradition? Um, I'd say so. Um, something that we're doing this year because the with the new uh, franchises coming on board with us, uh, we make sure that we're able to broadly cater a little bit to everyone. So um, our fan panels, like our in-track room panels, a lot of them are going to be broad topics that seem to be of appeal to military sci-fi fans. Uh, things, you know, talking about... Um, uh, we, of course, we have a costuming panel. That's always a big hit. Uh, we're going to have some different guests from different franchises sporting some of their best uniforms and things like that. Um, also talking about um, interpersonal relationships, some uh, talking about the role of uh, women taking on military roles. We have a, what we call a gender swap panel where we talk about anything you can do, I can do just as well or better, that <laughs> sort of thing. So uh, that's it's going to be interesting. And so um, – I think a lot of our fans at first are like, when are the Farscape panels and when are the Battlestar panels? Well, this year it's not so much that. Uh, we're basically talking about topics, and we're going to let people from all the different franchises chime in and kind of gather and figure out exactly what the balance of our audience is so that we can cater to them best in the years to come. Very nice, very nice. Now, in addition to uh, this this new track or rebranding of the track, um, I understand that you guys are are moving, uh, so you will actually uh, you guys are going to be in America's Mart. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, we're going to be in. Let's see, correct me if I'm wrong, James. It's Building Two, the fourth floor. That's correct. We'll be uh, there with uh, Star Trek, alternate history, and comics. And it's really exciting to be like Star Trek came over there. They were in the Sheraton in years past and they're going to be in America's Mart this year. There, there's a whole lot of uh, things that are affected by some hotel renovations downtown yep. this year. Yep. And uh, originally we actually were targeted to move to the Sheraton this year and be down there. But um, 
then we found out that there were going to be renovations in another hotel, and that was going to impact all those switches. And so we wound up in the America's Mart, which I think will be fine. Um, I'm looking forward to you know a different space. It's not the first time we've moved. Um, Story Eight Track has been in the bow, what I call the bowels of the Hyatt. We've been in there before, uh, in, in the old Hong Kong room. We've been in the Marriott on the atrium level, um, in a little conclave with uh, YA Lit and. Um, American sci-fi media. So we, we've been in a lot of places. Weston's been our home for the past three or four years, and we've really, really enjoyed that space quite a bit. Um, and basically, it's you know it's the fans that make the track. And so wherever the fans, you can get them to go, that's where the energy and the fun happens. So we're okay with the move. Um, yeah. I, I it sounds like the uh, rooms are going to be bigger, too. So. Yeah, I think I think it is going to be a bigger room for us. I and think I, I think we're all experiencing all the tracks now are experiencing at least uh, a, quite a few like standing room only uh, panels just because of just how many people are there now. Right, right. We have a whole lot more. Um, when I started <laughs> in 2005, I think I remember making a Facebook post that said, "I'm so excited to be around 25,000 other nerds." And, <laughs> um, uh, you know, th- this past year, of course, we had attendance over 70,000. Right. 50,000 so, people later. <laughs> that's a, yes, that's an incredible amount of growth in a very, very short amount of time. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think, the, you know, bigger track rooms is a good thing. Bigger, uh, you know, actually the rooms aren't getting bigger. It's just where people are being placed is, you know, being better tailored to the size of the groups that are attending different things. And, uh that's just part of the growth process is moving around from place to place. And there are only so many host hotels. We keep adding more. Um, we're now up to five. Originally, I think there were just three when I first started. And yep. uh, they, they've added and added and added. And, you know, we pretty much take over downtown, even though there are other groups that are down there for Labor Day weekend. Um, we, we are one of the biggest groups for sure. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're taking over. As, <laughs> um, uh James, so what is one of the, something that uh, part of the programming an event? What's something uh, um, that you're pretty excited about that happens every year for at DragonCon? Well, um, in our track, I'm always excited about the interactive, um, where we take an episode or even two episodes and do like an MST3K sort of Rocky Horror interactive with it. Nice. Um, that's always a big hit. Um, we are keeping the uh, the Don S. Davis Memorial Charity Auction, of course. Um, from the Stargate track, that'll continue. Nice. And um, I usually just look down the the schedule and find at least one one panel that I will go and you know turn my phone off and and enjoy <laughs> running around and, and attending because you know we we put a lot of work into making this happen for the fans and that does take up a lot of our time, but we we give it freely because we enjoy it just as much as you do. And that that's important, and I that's a, 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 the uh, I hear that from a lot of great track directors, and that's that's a good thing because uh, you know if you're enjoying what you're doing, it it doesn't feel like so much work. <laughs> um, since it is DragonCon's thirtieth anniversary this year, uh, we're kind of asking everybody, uh, what is it that you guys uh, in you know think that makes DragonCon so special? Uh, for me, I think. Uh and, you know, deep down at the heart of me, there, there's like this inner fanboy that just giggles with glee when I meet, a, when I meet an actor from one of my shows. Um, 
I, I currently work at a college in residence life, and it's always funny for the college students to say, you've met that person, or you've met that person? I said, yeah, if you just know me, then your uh, your Kevin Bacon game increases by like 3,000%. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, it's, and you know, it's, I know that the fan encounters and things like that, mine aren't necessarily any more special than any other fans, but uh, it does mean a lot to me to have a lot of actor autographs and um, a lot of times I try to have that one special moment in my 15 seconds that I'm with them, you know. Um, and, and there are some other times that are a little bit more expanded. But but for me to to say a couple of these actors, especially from Stargate, where we've had a little bit closer contact, you know, I've uh, sat down and had a meal with one or something like that. People were like, uh-uh, no way. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, you had to build up your geek street cred, that sort of thing. Um, so that that's a big that is a big part for me. Um well, I love the costumes. I am, I am not a person who designs costumes. Um, I am a person who finds the person who does that the best and pays the money to do it for me. <laughs> right. Um, because I, I, I don't have that artistic flair for that. And I was like, you know what? Make this, make this thing beautiful for me, and I'll pay you this much money. And, and it works out. So, Do you have yeah. something new that you're debuting this year? I, I do not have any plans to debut a new costume this year. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to have to test the waters with our new franchises a little bit more. I have watched all of Babylon 5 um, and, and enjoyed that thoroughly. Um, Battlestar Galactica, you know, I, I actually started a rewatch of the old one. Uh, yeah. I watched that one when I was a kid, and, you know, I just super enjoyed it. I really like the... Uh, the sort of the Egyptian style helmets on the the pilots when they get in the Vipers, that sort of thing. So I was thinking, hey, I kind of like those uniforms. Maybe that's something I'd have to try in the future. We'll just have to see. Awesome. Awesome. James, what about you? I just enjoy seeing um, all my friends that I only get to see like once a year. Um, you know, just on our track, we, uh, we've had people that come over from England to work on our track, from Canada, and you just meet people from everywhere and all kinds of different fan interests. And maybe you find a new interest of your own by talking with someone in a line or, you know, at Starbucks while you're drinking your coffee, trying to get awake for the day. Because <laughs> of your lack of sleep, right? Yeah, I just I enjoy the people that are there and. You know, I know there's seventy thousand people running through in the four days, but you do you do get to make some connections and make some friends, and I really really appreciate that. Uh, excellent. Um, it definitely sounds like uh, you know you guys are ready for this year. Uh, I, I take it uh, there's only a month to go, right? So, <laughs> well, there's still a lot to do, but we we kind of we kind of have a lot of things on the we've got a plan, and now we're getting ready to get things moving. Um, did want to make sure that we do talk about the Don S. Davis charity auction. That's absolutely, a, absolutely. That's, that's a huge tradition for us. On, uh, that came from you know the Stargate tracks. Um, started in 2007. We kind of had an impromptu in the track room auction with Paul McGillian, who played uh, Carson Beckett on uh, Atlantis, and wound up raising about three thousand dollars in 45 minutes. Wow. Um, and. That just kind of shocked us. Mainly it was because Paul is such a showman and is willing to do anything for a good cause. We were raising money for the American Diabetes Association that year. And um, because that was so successful, we had decided to have a charity auction in the following year that we were going to dedicate an entire panel just to doing a charity auction to support Dragon Con Charity. And um, we were expecting Don S. Davis as a guest that year. 
And it just so happened, very unfortunately, that he passed from a heart attack that summer just before Dragon Con. And that his, uh, his wife actually said from the, for the fans, if you're not personal friends, let's not have flowers and cards. It's too overwhelming and too much grief, and I can't process all that. So give money to the American Heart Association. Um, well, that turned out to be um, that turned out to be the Dragon Con charity that year already. They had already chosen it, and so we decided that our charity auction we would name it for Don. Um, well, actually, that that name came along a little bit later, but uh, we decided that the purpose of the charity was to honor Don, and we raised fourteen thousand dollars that first year. Ooh, and um, nice. And ever since that, we we kind of realized that our fans are not only people who want to come and receive a lot from Dragon Con, they are people who want to give to what Dragon Con can do. And that piece has been really the miraculous thing that has put Stargate Multiverse and then now Military Sci-Fi Media kind of on the map. Uh, because every year we've had above 10,000. We've even had as much as 30,000 in one year. Um, at that auction, just depending on a number of factors, the types of items that are donated, the you know the people that come from year to year. Um, there's there's a group of people that are very giving, and they travel from convention to convention. They gather things from other auctions, and they donate them to our auction. And we sometimes will add autographs to things, like we'll meet up with uh, media guests, and they will autograph things for us. And of course that tends to make the price go up. People are more willing to bid a little bit higher on that. So um, it just, it's been remarkable. And uh, this year, we're, we're not sh- exactly sure. It's been a while since we've done a really, really hard total, but I think we're up to about 137000 that we've raised total since 2007. That is incredible. And, um, you know, that a lot of that, that charity, the charitable spirit has added at least in my opinion, it's added something to Dragon Con to the point where now Dragon Con is doing this matching grant challenge, this $50,000 that they'll do if the fans can raise $50,000. And really, even that is, it's a good goal. It's a good solid goal, but it's almost setting the bar low. Whenever I talk to fans and anyone about it, I'm like, we have 70,000 people coming to this. If everybody gave a dollar, we'd beat that challenge. <laughs> yeah, right. We're up to that point. So if you are here at Dragon Con and you don't have a dollar to pitch into one of the charity bins somewhere, what is wrong with you really? Like, why are you here? It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to take away from your Dragon Con experience and it's going to make somebody's life a whole lot better. And, um, and it's just, a, it's just amazing what the results have been. Um, especially with the Stargate fans because they're not only willing to give their dollar, they give so much more. And we have uh, been leaders of the, the charity efforts at Dragon Con for, well, as long as I can, as long as we've been trying to do it really. So uh, um, it's, it's been pretty amazing. It's been a, a huge reason why, uh, why I stick with it. To be honest. Absolutely. And you guys are be, to be commended for that. That's incredible. I did not, that is news to me and that's great news. Um, so thank you for your efforts on that. That's, uh, that's quite good to hear. 
Um, well, very cool. Well, I definitely loved having you guys on the show, um, talking about this track and I'm excited. Uh, I think all our listeners should be as well. It is the military sci-fi media track and it is in the America's Mart. Of course, you can find it on the app and all the programs. Uh, definitely check out all the programs they have and check out the, uh, charity auction as well. Um, because that seems like a very worthy endeavor. Um, anything else you guys want to pitch about it real quick? Um, we do have a Facebook group, and oh, yes, people yes. are welcome to be a part of our Facebook group anytime. Uh, it is Military Sci-Fi Media Track at DragonCon. So if uh, if you look for that, and um, we're trying to we, – we keep coming up with new terms. I keep using the term Mill Sci-Fi as sort of an <laughs> abbreviation. It's like, like – it's really, really a long name, and uh, – you know, I've been part of organizations that had really long names, and I know how people make fun of that. So um, we're trying to figure out ways to shorten it down. The MSFM track, um, <laughs> we used to be SGMT, so uh, yeah. But uh, you can find us on Facebook. That's the main way that we're getting out to fans about what kinds of things are going in our programming and what kinds of events to attend and things like that. And we will have a link to that in our show notes so that people can find you online as well. So James and Jamie, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Well, thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks and for letting we'll us visit the station. Absolutely. And we'll see you at the convention. All right. Thanks a lot. And now we are here with Eternal Zan. Welcome back, Zan. Hello. How's it going? Good. You're almost ready? Uh, no. <laughs> hey, at least no, you're I, honest about it. I still have it. stuff that I haven't even ordered yet that I'm hoping will get here before the convention. So I have to order my... Uh, I, I am just in the process of getting my parade banner ordered. So... It should be here this Friday. Fingers crossed. Oh, I totally hope you can. You know, fingers are crossed, toes are crossed, because, you know, Dragon Con is right around the corner. I know. I'm getting pretty frantic. <laughs> I know. So what do you got for us this month? Uh, well, this month, um, I, I did get some audience feedback, and I thought this was kind of, at first I was like, this is kind of silly, but they were like, hey, you should mention when Dragon Con is and where it is. Like, we just talk about it like everybody knows, but... That information is always at the top of the page at dragoncon.org, and it's always Friday through Monday over Labor Day weekend, which is the first weekend in September if you're not from the United States. So that's when DragonCon is. And where it is, it takes place over multiple hotels, and I've been covering one host hotel per month. So if you go back and listen to previous podcasts, that you'll learn a lot about the uh, the different hotels that it's in on. And I do know you'll hear stuff where people will say, you know, Thursday is the new Friday. And what they mean is that people used to arrive on Friday because there wasn't anything to do on Thursday, but that hasn't been true for years. There's a lot to do on Thursday now. So, for example, they're having a lip sync battle starting on Thursday night at 8.30, and that's for the X-Track. And the director of the X-Track, Lee, has always been very insistent that DragonCon doesn't start until Friday, and even she has an event on Thursday now. So... And if you're getting in from far out of town, uh, many time zones away, then I recommend Wednesday so you can get your sleeping on track before you get started with stuff on Thursday. So that's when and where Dragon Con is. It's downtown Atlanta over several hotels, Friday through Monday, first weekend in September. Um, I did have a very important announcement, though. Um, Check your email if you have a reservation at the Double Tree. So a couple weeks ago, some reservations, I think about 60 or so, reservations at the Double Tree by Hilton Atlanta Downtown, that's the whole name, were canceled by the hotel. And people got an email notification that their reservation at the Double Tree by Hilton Atlanta Downtown 
would just be canceled. And they're offering the Omni and the Lowe's, which are much further away. So if you have a Doubletree reservation, definitely check on that. And the address of that hotel is 160 Spring Street Northwest, and their phone number is 404-688-8600. Now, I do want to note this Doubletree is located behind the Westin, and it's not the Hilton that's a host hotel. And many Dragon Con hotels are part of a chain, and other hotels nearby have similar names. So it's always important to check the name and the address of the hotel you're booking and then check in again on your confirmation email so it gives you time to rebook the correct hotel if you messed up and accidentally booked the wrong one. So before I just proceed with some credit card advice, um, if you're new to the podcast and you want a complete list of all hotel resources, because I wrapped that up on last month's podcast, you can go to the pinned post of the Dragon Con Rooms Facebook group for a complete list of all your hotel resources that can help you book a hotel or find a roommate, just anything having to do with getting a hotel for Dragon Con. And if you don't want to go to Facebook, you can just Google Dragon Con Wiki Hotels and the Dragon Con Wiki with the page, with the complete list of online hotel resources, is going to come up. Is there anything in that section you wanted me to go over again before I go straight to credit card information and how not to lose your room? No, that sounds you know pretty straightforward, what you've said so far. But did they say why this happened? No, they didn't. Well, I heard conflicting things. So I I don't want to say what rumors I heard because I haven't been able to verify what the truth is. Like I said, I heard different things from different people. And really, the why isn't so much important as I feel like what's important is if you have a reservation there, check your junk email, make sure you want one of, weren't one of the rooms canceled. And even if you don't get one of those, even if you didn't get an email saying your room was canceled, you know, you probably want to just go ahead and confirm your reservation anyway. I would. Oh, very much so. No matter what hotel you're at, it's always safer and smarter to always confirm your reservation. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't really know the story behind that. I just, you know, heard the blind screaming panic online. So I just wanted to make sure to pass that along. So, well, for example, in the Dragon Con Rooms group, there's a lot of people looking for a room at the Hyatt. And they're willing to trade their Marriott room for it. So if you've got a Marriott room and you want the Hyatt, you can definitely find someone to trade with. And there's people at the Sheraton and the Westin who also want to trade for one of the big three, Hyatt, Marriott, or Hilton. And at this point, there's a lot of people looking for a lot of things, too. Other things, too. But what I just mentioned seems to be the most popular. So, like I said, we're not going to go over any hotel uh groups here because we've already been through all that but the important thing to know is a lot of people are like oh it's about 30 days to the convention is it too late no it's not too late to get what you want because now is actually the prime time when everybody's making changes to their schedule or finding out that they thought they could go but their roommate can't go and just there's a lot of people whose plans are changing now so now is actually the best time to make sure you get your hotel room situation changed if you need to. Like two days before the convention is probably too late. Maybe not, you know, 100%, but, you know, right now there's a lot of movement going on is the point. And that will continue for the next couple of weeks. Exactly. So, yeah, the most important thing on how not to lose your room 
and we talked about that I would discuss this last week, is never leave an expired credit card on file. So to be on the safe side, I always recommend using a credit card with an expiration date of the year of the convention, October or later. So this year, whatever card you have on file should say October 2016 or later. And this way, you never have to think about it again unless you get a new card. Like say you get one of those new chip cards or your card gets canceled for any reason, or sometimes your credit card company just sends you a new one and you didn't, you know, you weren't expecting it for a couple months, but they give you a new one and you activate it. And now that's no longer the card that you originally booked your room with. So the reason you want to do this is this is to prevent your room from being canceled with no advance warning because your credit card is past the expiration date. And the hotels will tell you this doesn't occur, but it happens to a few people every year. Your room could be suddenly canceled with no notification if they mistakenly, if the hotel mistakenly tries to run the credit card anytime during the year. And we are using air quotes there for mistakenly. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, like I said, it doesn't even matter what happened. The point is you just lost your room and it wasn't your fault. So then you have to be on the phone a bunch to try and get it back. So if no valid current form of payment is found on file, then you could lose your room with no warning or chance to get it back. I mean, I've seen people who've showed up at DragonCon and that's when they found out they didn't have to have a room and then they had to find somewhere else to stay because DragonCon sold out. I mean, you know, the hotel you're at is sold out. It was sold out a long time ago. So once your room is canceled, the DragonCon rate is lost, and it's very time-consuming and difficult to get a discounted room back from a sold-out hotel. You know, even if you can, there's no guarantee you can get it back. They might only offer you a room at a non-host hotel farther away, like something else in that chain. So if you don't have a card with an expiration date of October or later, you should get one soon so that you have that so that you can book for next year. And if you don't have one, you can request it from your bank or credit card company. Just call them and say, hey, I want a new credit card with the farthest date, expiration date out you can give me and and see if they'll do it. So a key thing with this is when you try to replace the card on file, the hotel staff often won't want to do it. And they'll tell you, oh, you don't need to do it because once your deposit has come out, your card won't be charged again until you check in or sorry, until you check out, which is technically true, but like I said, mistakes happen. And what you're trying to do is pre- is prevent these mistakes. So I say just keep trying and calling back until you get that new card on file. And this is where sometimes calling the 1-800 number is actually better because they're not going to be um, barraged with Dragon Con calls at the 1-800 number. So they might be a little bit easier uh, to just request having it done there rather than trying to call the Dragon Con hotel directly. You don't want one hotel getting like 50,000 calls two weeks before con. So um, as an alternate method, sometimes you can also make a second payment with a new card. And then that new card will just automatically be on file. So as long as you've got one current valid form of payment on file, you should be fine. Uh, Some people have paid for their entire room in advance to ensure they don't have any issues. I don't think that's you know, strictly speaking, necessary, but it could be helpful in certain circumstances just to be aware that option is is available depending on your roommates and whatever financial arrangement you've agreed on. So that's about it on the credit card. And then I was just going to take a couple quick minutes and talk about the hotel of the month Sheraton. Or did you have any questions about that? Nope. So far, so good. Let's go to the Sheraton. 
Okay, so the Sheraton. First thing, spelling. It's Sheraton with a T as in Thomas, not D as in Daniel. And Weston is W-E-S-T-I-N, not W-E-S-T-O-N. Even longtime Dragon Conners sometimes mess this one up. I'm not sure why. So the Sheraton is S-H-E-R-A-T-O-N. There's no D as in Daniel in the Sheraton. So that's important if you're new and you're trying to look up the names, you need to spell them correctly. So those are both bookable at starwoodhotels.com. And the Sheraton we're discussing is the Sheraton Atlanta Hotel at 165 Cortland Street in Atlanta, Georgia. And that's the host hotel. And their direct phone number is 404-659-6500. And their 800 number for reservations is 866 866- 716-8134. And this might be the last year for registration in the Sheraton. It was supposed to move to the Hilton this year, but due to scheduled renovations in the Hilton, the registration was moved back to the Sheraton. So that's where registration is, unless you're an eternal member, in which case your registration is in the Marriott. But for everybody else, you'll be going to the Sheraton. Um, so as you walk there, you don't go in the front doors to the lobby entrance. You're going to follow the crowds and walk down the sloping sidewalk and then turn right into the large glass doors and follow the signs. And that's where registration is going to be. There'll be a Dragon Con store. I believe it'll still be to the left. And that has all the merchandise, such as lanyards. They have like a ton of lanyards there. Um, the events at the Sheraton, the Dragon Con MERS group, so that's like mermaid people, they, they dress with their mermaid tails and swim in the pool. So they have their events at the Sheraton, and that's unofficial stuff. That's not on the schedule. That's not on the official schedule. They have a lot of parties in the ballrooms on the upper floors. And as far as what tracks are going to be there, I know the X-Track and the Paranormal Track are going to be there. But for a lot of other tracks, um, it's just really – everything's still really scattered right now in terms of trying to hunt down information on that. But if you want news on a spec- – because the app isn't out yet. And I'm sorry. I just wasn't going to click on like 70 different web pages to figure out what tracks were in the Sheraton this year. I just didn't have that kind of time this month. But – if you want to find out news on a specific track, um, I recommend the 50 Days of Dragon Con podcast because, like this podcast, they interview a lot of track directors. And their website is www.theuniquegeek.com. And their podcast starts up about two months before Dragon Con and does near-daily podcasts. So they cover things in a lot of detail that can be very current, whereas we cover a lot of stuff many, many months before the convention. So sometimes that, you know, sometimes our our information might change month to month. And of course, we update you as best we can. But really, there's a lot of information that's just not going to be out until the app comes out. And that's only a few days before con. So I just don't want to go over information that's probably going to change. So here's a quick thing about the Sheraton, the Skywalk. There is a walkway that goes from the Peachtree Center food court to the sixth floor of a parking garage. So the sign in the Peachtree Center food court says Cortland Parking Garage. And then you take that, you take that walkway. It's a very, very long walkway. Yeah, it really is. And then you take the elevator down to the ground level and turn left onto Cortland Street and you go about a block and you'll see the Sheraton. So this is great for costumers who want to be around fewer crowds. Um, Again, don't stop in the walkway, no matter what walkway you're in. Don't stop and take pictures. Just just keep swimming. Just keep swimming in the walkways. Um, And it also makes the walk back from Sheraton more level. So you're not 
walking as much uphill if you're coming from the Sheraton and using that walkway to go back um, into the into another hotel such as the Marriott. So I covered this walkway on the newbie tours one year, but now due to time limitations, I just have to point it out when we go through the food court. So if you're coming from the Skywalk from the Marriott, then you're going to pass the Aviva by Camille store, which is a food store. And then you'll make an immediate left and you'll see a sign over a walkway that says Cortland parking garage. And if you're coming from elsewhere, the Habitrail labeled Cortland parking garage is between the Aviva by Camille and Great American Cookie store. So that's the location on the fantastic skywalk that I think a lot of people still don't know about. And then the last thing I have time to cover is booking the Sheraton for next year. Um, an important reminder, the DragonCon website is often out of date. So it's not updated in time for the Sheraton or, or Weston to do any good. You know, this isn't their fault. They're often doing setup or they're at the con when this info is released. So just know not to rely on the DragonCon website for this information. Um, because like I said, it's it's often not able to be updated in time to do you any good. So Last year, you could book the Sheraton for this year over a year in advance. They started taking bookings for DragonCon 2016 about a week before DragonCon 2015. So you could reserve a room if you paid in full in advance for the entire stay and it wasn't refundable. There hasn't been an announcement yet this year, but if you stayed at the Sheraton last year, if you stay there this year, you might get an email with details about next year. So just please share that with the DragonCon rooms group. Um, on Facebook, and also on Facebook, the DragonCon Hotel Connection page. So I think that's 15 minutes exactly. I had a couple other things about the parade and mentoring newbies, but we can cover that next month. That's why there's always another month. There's always next month. Yeah, just quickly on the parade there, you can still get a, you can still join the parade. You just need to join the DragonCon parade group on Facebook and look at their pinned post and they've got a pinned post with all the instructions you need to know about how to join the parade for this year. There might be a few, there are some groups that still have some spaces available in their group. You just can't sign up directly with the parade because that, that closed months ago. Exactly. Well, thank you, Sam. We appreciate it. And can I breathe now? You can breathe. You did an amazing job. In, out, in, out. Pat yourself on the back. So next month, do you want me to cover the America's Mart? Because that's kind of like the sixth hotel now. It kind of is. So, yes. It's like America's Mart is like the new Thursday. It's like not really official, but it kind of is. It kind of is. So, yeah, I think that would be a perfect topic for next month. Okay, great. And if anybody wants to post on the ESO Network Facebook group and offer any suggestions for what you think is important to be covered or post any questions, I will do my best to answer them. And she does a great job of getting back to you. So, And, and my name is spelled Z-A-N-B-O-W-D-E-N if you want to tag me in that group. And so we draw a close to another episode of the ESO Dragon Con 2016 Special Report. A big thanks to everyone for joining us on this episode, uh, particularly uh, Jamie and James from the Military Sci-Fi Media Track. Uh, and always, we're glad to hear from Michelle Biddick-Simmons, along with Eternal Zan. And much thanks to our own station crew. Thanks, Tacoma. You're most welcome. Thank you guys for having me. And, as always, it's our pleasure. And Mary? For sure, guys. Thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, this isn't the only 
podcast, Dragon Con related, that you do, right? It is the only one I do regularly. Um, I was actually on the Dragon Con Media Relations um, podcast this past week. Awesome. Um, just discussing a few fun events at Dragon Con. Um, Dan actually does that pretty regularly for his reporters, and um, so I did that with him. But other than that, this is the only regular Dragon Con. Report. No, no, no! I wasn't. I wasn't trying to get exclusivity. Uh, I just. Uh, I think that was pretty cool. We would so never I, do no, no, that. No, you're totally fine. You're totally fine. Um, definitely yeah, want to give that a shout out because we love Dan and 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 the media relations group. So we want to definitely give that a shout out too because that's another uh, good resource that people can listen to, right? Absolutely, Dan knows his stuff. Obviously, so it's a really great great spot to get some info. Awesome, awesome, and thanks, Darren. Oh yeah, it's been great. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I've had a fabulous yeah. time always. <laughs> wow, it's just dripping over there. Well, no, it was gush and then gush and then I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> Comedy comes in three, sir. You know, one, two, joke, one, two, joke. It's Absolutely. Sweet. Well, that's why we have them for. So. I know, right? Well, that and the pie. That and the pie. Right. Right. And Wait, thank the you, one, Mike. Two for the jokes. <laughs> thank you, Mike, for which <laughs> none of this would be possible. As always, sir. It is always a grand time with you, my friend. Awesome. Well, we try to cover all we can with these specials, but please keep up with the latest news. Please check out the official Dragon Con website, social media outlets, all the tracks that uh, we've mentioned here, as well as um, all the ones we didn't mention are active on Facebook, uh, various social media as well. Um, ESO can be found on Facebook, too, and we're on social media, Twitter, Google+, Stitcher. We want you to be part of the station, so please feel free to join in the discussion, especially next month. So uh, please send us your recordings of clips and things that you're looking forward to this year at DragonCon. We want to hear from you. And also help support ESO Podcast by donating via PayPal, purchasing some very cool ESO merchandise from our Zazzle store, or filling up your cart at our Amazon e-store. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it has been my pleasure. We'll see you at the con. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.